The idea was just to have sort of an array of mics that we could use in any situation because we didn't really know at that point what we were going to yeah, record. Yeah, that's the thing. So when you don't know what you're recording, I mean, you, you yeah. just bring a lot of stuff that you like to use every day. So just making sure we had everything we needed. Yeah, I mean, 57 and 421, it's pretty basic stuff. Yeah, except <laughs> Welcome to Recording Studio Rockstars. I'm Lid Shaw, and this is the podcast created to help you become a rock star of the recording studio. This episode is sponsored by OWC, Other World Computing, which you can find at OWC.com, your trusted source for memory and speed upgrades, DIY installs, and used Macs for your studio. Let OWC focus on keeping your studio Mac in killer condition so that you can focus on making great music. Why ditch your existing Mac when you can take your studio far into the future with OWC? Learn more at OWC.com and learn how you can supercharge your studio Mac. The speed to create, the capacity to dream. Find out how awesome your Mac can be at OWC. This show is sponsored by Recording Studio Rockstars Academy, where you can go to take your recording, mixing, and mastering to the next level. And you can start right now with my free introduction to mixing course, Mix Master Bundle. This course will show you how to get pro-sounding mixes from your home studio with free and stock plugins and Pro Tools. And the best part is that these mixing techniques will work for you in any DAW, whether you are in Logic, Cubase, PreSonus Studio One, Reaper, or anything you can think of. Are you ready to make your best record ever? Then go to Mix masterbundle.com to get started for free now or look for the clickable link in the show notes of this episode. Hey, Rockstars, it's your host, Lid Shaw, and welcome to Recording Studio Rockstars, bringing you into the studio to learn from recording professionals so that you can make your best record ever and be a rock star of the studio yourself. My guests today are two guests, actually, Simon Walls and Greg Bonnier from Montreal, Canada. Once a year, these guys pick a country, board a plane, pack suitcases full of gear, and record as many talented artists as they can find. They have an amazing series on YouTube now called Simon and Greg Record the World. And I've, of course, created a playlist on YouTube for you, which you can click through in the show notes to just go check out their stuff um, preferably after this podcast, but go watch some of their amazing documentaries of their travels. Simon Walls is a music producer, songwriter, and adventurer, and after producing his own original records, he's been producing, recording, and mixing for other artists, such as Le Winston Band, uh, David Jobin, Clay and Friends, Elam, T-Cloud, uh, Sadio Sissoko, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. And, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, good, good, good. And Aaron Lumley. He also produces for uh, Wapikani Mobile, uh, Musique Nomad, a um, Avatak. Maybe that's how you guys say that one? Yeah, that's the one. Okay, cool. Offering recording services and mentorship to indigenous musicians across Canada. That sounds super cool. Between records, Simon is a motivational speaker at the Great Explorers, where he tells the tales of his adventures. 
I, I feel like I want to say he tells the tall tales of his adventures because it rolls off the tongue, but I know they're all true. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use that now. <laughs> all right, cool. And uh, Greg Bonnier is a produce, a record producer, sound engineer, and filmmaker based in Montreal, Canada. Beginning at Musique Plus um, in 2000, he has since managed post-production facilities, mixed various TV shows, filmed and edited many documentaries, live shows, corporate films, and web projects, including a web series with renowned French actor Pierre Richard. Since 2006, his work in music has led him to produce, record, and mix all over the world with artists from all walks of life and diverse musical genres so please welcome Simon Walls and Greg Bonnier to Recording Studio Rockstars. Fellas, are you ready to rock? Oh, yeah. So ready to rock. Très bien. How do we say, um, <laughs> vous êtes prêts à uh, enregistrement? Something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like, you can't really translate rock. Are you ready to rock? It, it's like... Uh, yeah, you yeah, can translate it's, it's, it. It's, yeah, it's a very... English thing. Yeah. T'es prêt pour le rock and roll. Oui. I think I actually asked Fab um, that same question on the podcast, and he had a French version for me, but I'll have to go back and review it. <laughs> um, oh, well. Yeah, he's probably got a good one. Yeah. Um, cool, yeah. man. Well, so, so cool to have you guys on the show. Uh, Rockstars, I think it was, um, Simon, was it you or Greg that reached out to me at, at first? Oh, that was me. That was, yeah. that was you, Simon. And um, yeah. You mentioned this project you were doing. I think you had, we had said hello and connected on Facebook first. And then later you came back and you're like, oh, by the way, here's this video we just did. And I click on it and I was like, what the? <laughs> this is amazing, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, because uh, it, it was with, uh, who, uh, what was the, uh, who was the guest? Uh, Ian. Oh, Ian Brennan. Uh, yeah. Yes. That's the one. That's doing, the one. doing similar stuff to what you guys are doing. Um, yeah. You know, a different version of it. And, and I love the twist that you guys have. I love this this documentary storytelling kind of thread that goes along with yours, which is really great. But anyway, I'm mm. going to shut up now. Um, you you reached out. I saw your videos. I was blown away. Thrilled to have you guys here on the show. Please tell us in your own words who you guys are and, and uh, how you got into all this. Uh, Want to start? Yeah, well, it yeah. all started um, at Simon's birthday uh, about uh, what? A, it's a year and a almost a year and a half ago. Yeah, almost. And um, well, obviously, we had a couple of drinks, and uh, out of the blue, Simon told me, uh, "You know what? Some friends of mine in Senegal—they're uh, they've been building this place uh, to make a studio out of." And we were like, uh, sh that's cool. And uh, he said, do you want to come with me and help build a studio? I was like, sure, why not? And not knowing, absolutely not knowing what I was going to get into. And then uh, we thought, well, might as well go there with uh, some gear and and record other artists. And well, might as well film it. And might as well get sponsors and <laughs> might as well, you know, and everything sort of, you know. Uh, Conquer the world. Yeah, avalanched from there, you know. You have the and, curse uh, of the dreamer. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess. But uh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It leads you to great things and and stuff like Simon and Greg record the world. Indeed. Yeah. And uh, it started a, um, I went to Senegal in 2000. Oh man, when was that? Uh, 2014, 2015. So I spent like uh, six months in Senegal. Um, just traveling around and recording bands here and there. And then I met. Um, those people that wanted to build a recording studio. And um, 
I didn't have anything with me or or any I didn't have the mean to do it really. And uh but we kept in contact and then uh when I got back to Montreal they sent me this picture of this building out in the bush they were building and so they sound like this picture and they're like, Hey, so this is gonna be the recording studio. Wanna come and and help us out? So uh Yeah, mind you, uh, he says it's a building, it's it's basically it's four a concrete walls. box. Yeah, 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 it's four walls. Yeah, with you know uh, uh, um, uh, a metal sheet uh, roof. Uh, roof. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, what was the name of that town? That was that was in the season one. I think yeah. by episode two or something, you arrive at the studio right. Right, and start building it. Exactly. That's right. It's uh, Cindia. Am I going to be quizzed on that later? What's that? <laughs> Cindy? Oh, we got a bunch of them. Cindy. Cindy. Yeah, it's uh, S I N D I N N. Yeah. Okay. And, cool. Uh, and it's, it's basically in the middle of the 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 the, the high grass grass brush. That's yeah. Right. There's not it's, much around. There's I nothing mean. there. Like it's really the end of the world. It's like a. I mean, I was trying to think of a a word. I wanted to say. I said on an Instagram video earlier today. I was like in the middle of the um, uh, of the wilderness, the wilderness or, or something. And I was like, and then I was like, I was like, that's not wilderness. That's like wilderness is forest. This is like, you know, <laughs> it's like a rural town, but but very rural, like. There's hardly yeah. anything um, around it, right? According to Wikipedia, it's supposed to be uh, woodland savanna. Woodland oh, savanna. All right, cool. Yeah. yeah I like so it. there's there's fancy. actually some small forests uh, uh, and uh, and and stuff, but it, where where Cindia actually is, there's there's no forest anymore. You know, there's no very no, there's little trees. Really, there, and it's uh, really uh, close to Gambia. But otherwise, it's not a forest. It's pretty yeah. much uh, sand and and grass and yeah. stuff like that. Well, it's very, very cool. Um, mm -hmm. Let's, let's, uh, we're going to get deep into all this stuff, but uh, let's start at the beginning a little bit. Introduce us to who you guys are and, um, you know, this beginning of your, you know, how'd you get into recording to even get to this point? Um, I can start. Um, so long story short, um, I'm a, um, I'm a songwriter. Um, that's how I started. Uh, I made uh, two, I three three albums, and then uh, I produced pretty much the whole thing. And then um, I really liked it. And then some bands started to, um, you know, contact me to produce their stuff because they like what I did. And then uh, I've been producing full time for the past, uh, I don't know, five six years full time. And then uh, you know, like just. Recording and mixing and uh, a little bit of mastering, but it's it's mostly mostly pr producing bands. Very so, cool. Uh, and you know what? Would you guys yeah. say I am Simon and I am Greg, so that the rock stars will begin to now yeah. associate who is who with your voices? Oh yeah, yeah. They can't see the beard. That's they why they can't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm Greg and I'm Simon. Right on. Fellas. There we go. <laughs> well, once again, glad to have you on the show. And and Greg, Excellent. how about you, man? Well, I started in television. I was fortunate enough to have a dad who was uh, who had a production company, and so I started very young, uh, a little bit like uh, Obelix in uh, Asterix and Obelix. I know. Well. I, I I fell in it. I fell in it when I was a kid, and so uh, that's how I, I started uh, mixing shows and everything. And I I came out of uh, high school. I was in uh, in music to find out that I'm a terrible musician. 
but that I knew music. And so uh, I thought, well, what if I, I become an engineer? So I went to school to finish school, engineering school, like a sound engineering school to realize that I know nothing about engineering. So there we go. I had a great opportunity at my um, at my dad's place to to experiment with that and 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 build a studio of my own and and start producing records because, you know, just for fun because it was fun and uh, it is since fun. then I I I, I basically just uh, you know I take about a one or two albums a year. I'm not I'm not full time like Simon, but uh, for the past year it's been missing a little. So uh, that Simon and Greg thing really. Is important to me at that point to keep my sanity. Now, how did you guys and, connect? Uh, had you known each other growing up or anything like that, or is met through recording? Yeah, school? I produce. Uh, I produce uh, uh, the record for uh, one of my my best friend, my ex roommate, and uh, Simon was one of his friends, and so he would keep coming to my house and drink beer, uh, and, drink beer and have fun. And uh, at one point, yeah, we just became friends. Yeah. I guess we we never worked together. On uh, I I did master one of your album. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it was more of a, Hey, you want to do the mastering for my album? Yeah, sure. But we never s sat down and record anything other no. than, and then you, well, the you mastered, a, Simon and Greg record the you mastered an album I did with, uh, LT. Also. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. One. So I do a bit of mastering, uh, it's easier oh. for me with my other jobs. Uh, yeah. quote unquote yeah. and, uh, that's so we it. got together and we like to geek out and you know, that's how it started. Like. Passion and us, music. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. And and then, of course, rock stars have also included links to um, some of uh, Simon and Greg's studio work in the YouTube as well. Um, so you mm. should find some stuff in there. And I th think, um, or I know, or maybe you sent me Spotify links as well, too, which I can post oh, in, yes. in the, the show notes. But you guys are making some really cool records. Great yeah. indie rock. Oh stuff. yeah, I, I couldn't yeah. find the uh, I couldn't find the uh, the uh, the YouTube link for uh, Klima. Oh, but yeah. it's in French. Well, that's okay. Well, Spotify that's okay. will work. Yeah, it's one of those wacky records I did in the woods on a generator. Nice. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, we we recorded everything in the woods on the generator, uh, and then took all the. I I started mixing it, and it's actually Fab who finished the mix. Oh, fantastic! Uh, Very cool. Yeah, I hired Fab for uh, to to finish that mix, and it, it, it ended up being a great record. And mm -hmm. he, he obviously Fab thought it was wacky. <laughs> he thought, well, "You guys, what did you do? This is crazy!" And I think that he made an article um, on on Pure Mix about that. It's wow, still that's available. That's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah. All right, so um, I like to ask guests also to share an inspirational quote uh, to kick off the podcast. Just get us kind of in the mindset of hitting the studio and making music. Um, do you have anything that you want to share with us? Oh. Anything or anybody that sort of has inspired you in this process of recording? Uh, Bruce Wedeen. Oh, right on, said, yeah. No, yeah, okay. Bruce Wedeen apparently once said, nobody ever came out of a record store humming the sound of the console. <laughs> That's a, it's true. And it's it, it, it's absolute in, absolutely in the spirit of what we're doing, which is music comes first. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if we're not in a treated room with a, uh, uh, you know, a window between the live room and the control room, or it doesn't matter. The, the, the important part is have good music because nobody ever came out of a record store humming the sound of the console. Indeed. And, um, you That's know, I, I think yeah. that, uh, you know, we're going to talk about the studio that you guys chose to take over there and the tools you used, yeah. all of which we're excited about. But uh, yeah, your point, I think, is a reminder that it could have been other tools. You could have, you know, um, it's not about that. It's about the music and the performances. Yeah. yeah, about the songs, mainly. 
Yeah. And the songs. Uh, yeah, I think I got one too. Yeah, please. I got one go. too. Um, so uh, that one was from, oh, it's from my father. I, I don't think he made that up, but um, when I was uh, a couple of years ago, I did this trek where I walked across Canada from west to east. Wow. And then like the whole journey was like nine months. And at the end of it, kind of like two weeks before the ending, I just, I just crashed. I don't know what happened, but just my, my body just gave up, you know? And uh, I was crying by myself in a motel room. Um, and I was talking to my dad on the phone and he said something uh, that just got me on my feet. And it's uh, like the translation would be uh, pain, pain only lasts for a short moment, but failure or regrets will last forever. Oh, nice. Um, That's true. I mean, uh, uh, I think it's, there's a lot of pain that we experience in the studio and there's a lot of regret we can experience by not being in the studio and not making records and not, you know, finally finishing that song that we wish we had done. Yeah, exactly. Um, so here you guys are. Uh, you know, it, it was Simon's birthday, and uh, oh, by the way, I want to mention to you guys that um, rock stars. I, I can we uh, Simon and Greg and I can see each other on video while we do this. We're just recording our voices for the podcast. We don't often do video, but Simon has and Greg have lined themselves up from left to right as Simon and Greg. And I noticed that you did that in your documentary too. And I wonder if you do that often and intentionally to help people know who is Simon and who is Greg, but it's appreciated. But it's just natural. It's a natural thing. I guess we we do it naturally because I don't know. That's Naturally on the left. Yeah. Um, So Simon's birthday and you guys come up with this idea to go and record. Um, What was the time frame between birth of an idea and finding yourselves in Senegal. Oh, so short. So short. Oh, so so short. my birthday is on October 28th. And then uh, we left um, middle January. Yeah, middle January. Wow. Actually, yeah. the, the, we, we return about this at the same period of time yeah, last exactly. year. Yeah. So we actually did our trips um, in the same time frame uh, from the year. And uh, we could see our Facebook memories from last year popping up while we were in Morocco. <laughs> oh, that's a trip. That's a trip. So yeah, it's really, funny. really it like at the same, cool. same period. Um, and what about the, the time of year as far as the season in, well, I guess Morocco and Senegal, not exactly the same season, but sort of ballpark maybe. Um, is it a good yeah. time of year yeah. to be traveling both those parts? Yes, because yeah. Canada is very cold in January, so <laughs> that's what it's yeah. it's it's the reason why we do it in January. It's less about it's, what's it's, waiting it's for feeling you. Feeling like yeah, there like, you go. <laughs> right now, it's feeling like minus nineteen Celsius. Wow. So I don't know what Fahrenheit. Well, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I've always yeah. been cur- curious about that cold weather in Canada and whether it's conducive to the studio, just because you want to be hunkered down in a warm windowless room at that time. Or <laughs> yeah, not. it's very creative. I like it. Yeah. It's a great opportunity to just shell inside this cocoon and create. Yeah, you don't feel bad to you not, know, you be, don't outside feel bad not stuff, to be outside. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. it. All right. Yeah, well, so October to January, um, and and rock stars. It's not like you guys. It's not like these guys just had to buy a couple of tickets and go to Senegal. They had to do a lot more than that. You had to get together a studio, figure out what you were going to record with, uh, how yeah. you're going to do this. Um, you know. I think that taking a trip to 
to Africa alone requires, uh, you know, more than just getting your passport ready. Did you guys, do you guys have to do things like even just get shots to make sure that you don't come no. down with some kind of, not you anymore. Know, they used to be, more. yeah, they used to be mandatory, but they're, they're not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like the first time I went to Senegal, there was shots you needed to, uh, to get yellow to get fever there. mainly. Yeah, pretty much. And then uh, you still need to get a visa, but it takes less than 24 hours to get it. Uh, except that it was mainly to wait for sponsors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because uh, that was the big part. Yeah, of it. we had to because obviously I we went there and I, I thought, well, why not reach out to the companies that we already use hmm. in in our studio? And so uh, they they were nice enough to uh, to to basically give us some gear to help us. Um, record what we needed to record because obviously bringing our own mics is kind of a risky thing uh which we kind of did with you know mm -hmm. 57s and the the heavy duty stuff but for anything that's uh condenser with the the sand and the dust and that's actually the intro because that's the extreme part of the trip is uh is uh having those those microphones into the elements and basically may, maybe breaking them. Mm. Uh, fortunately, we had Brian at Loudon Audio who got us a bunch of microphones and helped us tremendously yeah. uh, with the gear situation. Yeah, with and it, it's not and just microphones. Yeah. They're amazing and, sounding microphones. And they're, yeah. they're microphones you know, that we the, use every day. Well, yeah. every day, you know, in, in, in recording, actually. You know, I, would, uh, I wouldn't have reached out to just any company and say, we want a sponsor. No, we wanted Loughton. We wanted Focal. We wanted UA. Because uh, they're, you know, the, the main tools that we use. Yeah. And uh, in the case of Brian, he was extremely reactive. I mean, within a week and a half, there was a FedEx box uh, with uh, our dress on it. Waiting for us waiting for, for Christmas. Us for Christmas. It was awesome. Uh, yeah. It, it was, <laughs> it, he was Santa that year. And, well, and, that, and this year too. Well, that's awesome. Let's dig into the details. All right. Let's go straight for the weeds, you know, as we enter the bush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of, uh, of, uh, uh, was, is that considered sub-Saharan Africa or not? Yeah, it is. Okay. So I'm going to it finish is. my sentence. It's as we enter into the sub, the bush of sub-Saharan Africa, so what microphones did you choose and what did you feel like would be good choices for what you'd need on a, on a you know, field recording trip like this? So uh, the, uh, well, for the Lawton Audio, what we, uh, what we got was uh, we had two Atlantis with us. Uh, we had two Clarion, which are like a smaller version. Um, what did we get? Uh, we we had a pair uh, <clears throat> a pair of two twenty uh, L um, yeah L A two twenty two twenty L A one twenties yeah L A one twenties are those pencil diaphragm or small yeah. diaphragm mics? yeah exactly correct yeah uh, and then we had two fifty seven uh, one kick mic uh, which was a D twelve VR one four twenty one. Yep. And uh, I was supposed to bring a SM7B <laughs> that I forgot at home. I think I remember that from the from the uh, video. Yeah. yeah, that was me. That's okay. <laughs> we lived without it. Yeah. See, that's that's, okay. that's also part of the the challenge: not having everything on the tip of your finger to yeah. just use anytime you wish. Yeah. 
Yeah, because uh, you're in the middle of Africa, and well, obviously you, uh, you gotta you, you gotta make some concessions. Yeah, and honestly, with all the mics we had, we we could do everything. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, it was more about you know making sure we, we had enough uh, mic stands and 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 enough yeah. wires. Uh, the wiring was a bit of a hassle, so that's one thing we upgraded upon. Yeah, that's a big uh, one on the second trip. Yeah, and uh, wiring yeah, meaning your mic cables yeah. and things like that. Yeah, mic cables, yeah, mic exactly. cables, because we had just regular mic cables, and well, it's, it's, it's pretty heavy. It's pretty it heavy. takes a lot of space. It takes a lot of space. So uh, we figured out uh, why not use uh, lavalier microphone wires and just solder X full size XLR to them. And so basically, in a package that is weighing, I don't know, a little over a kilo, maybe two kilo, well, yeah, maybe four pounds. Something like that. Yeah. We basically have uh, over 200 feet of cable. Wow. That's a yeah, clever way to amazing. do it. Yeah. yeah. It's not super heavy duty, but it's a trade-off. Yeah. yeah. Well, so uh, you better just, to bring an you know, extra You're gentle one. with them and... Just bring an extra cable. Yeah, there and That way, go. if you bust it, you got a second backup anyway. It's still lighter. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, like the trip is just three weeks. So it's not like yeah. if you're gone for six months, in three weeks, you're pretty good. Um, okay, cool. So you've got to think of all the things you need, bring them with you. Um, you, you selected a great uh, selection of microphones. Um, just, just for a little more clarity, the Lawton Audio Atlantis are sort of large diaphragm mics that make for good vocal mics and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, they're actually bigger than one inches. I think they're one point two inches or something. They're quite large diaphragms. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it's very interesting sound. Yeah, they sound amazing. What What are it. some of the switchables on there that you felt like were useful or important for your recordings? Oh, we use the figure eight a lot. Yeah. A lot to reject sides, um, um, especially with that Cora player. Yeah. yeah. He, there was a Cora player, and uh, it's impressive. I think that on Pure Mix, uh, on the blog, you can actually listen to the raw files. And if you go there and download the files, put them on a timeline, you'll see on this session, you'll see how amazing of a rejection you can get yeah. just by placing them at the right spot. Like how, how little voice you can actually hear in the Cora microphones. Yeah, because we were trying to reject the, uh, the vocal mainly because like, you know, the Cora is not a super loud instrument. So the as as soon as you sing a little loud, it's, it gets in all the mics. So mm -hmm. uh, it did the job like crazy. Well, the figure eight yeah. trick you're talking about is useful in, in in a lot of studio situations. So if you've got this acoustic oh, yeah. guitar that's down there and somebody's finger picking it quietly, you um, can you explain how you put where you put the mic so that it's somehow rejecting the voice magically, even though it's so close? Uh, Want to describe it? It's, well, it's um, it's really just the axis. You know, if you have um, if you have the 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 ninety degree axis pointing at the person, mm -hmm. well, then you're most likely going to reject as much as possible. Yeah, because what you need to know is how a Cora is made is someone playing strings on, on both sides. Side. Yeah. yeah. So you need a microphone on both sides to, to get the whole thing. So I'll help a little bit with clarity for the rock stars. Um, the figure eight is picking up what's in what it's pointed at and what's behind it, but it's rejecting Correct. the sides, and, and you're kind of pointing exactly. the side toward the voice so that it rejects the mm -hmm. voice, right? Yeah, right. Cool, exactly. cool. Well, that's a great trick. I, I remember doing field recording myself, and I don't think I ever thought to do that. I probably, <laughs> probably would have helped me out, you know? Um, okay, cool. And then um, how about the Clarion mics? Those are just sort of smaller, large diaphragm mics? 
Yeah, the, no, they're they're large direct fan. They're one inch uh, capsules. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't the, have this um, like the collar. Thing. Yeah, the Atlantis. Here's the thing: the Atlantis has this circuitry where uh, you have a, a forward kind of uh, sound, which is basically boosting the high end. Mm-hmm. You got a neutral sound, which is well neutral, just the sound of the microphone, and then you got a gentle sound, uh, sound which kind of rolls off the highs a tiny bit, and then give a boost on the low end. And we didn't use that very much. Not that much. We, I mean, mostly it was yeah, in, in neutral. neutral. Um, but but it's a, a very interesting mic for that yeah. purpose because it's like having three mics in one. And for someone who only has like one mic for vocal and uh, has, a, say, a, a female vocalist that's a bit harsh uh, on the high end, well, then you can roll it off mm. with just that mic and not using an EQ or That's super else. cool. That's super yeah. cool. Yeah. So the Clarion doesn't have that the, feature, yeah. but this said, I use the Clarion all the time. I just made this uh, album with um, kind of like a rock-ish band, rock and roll, and the uh, a lot of stuff was recorded just with the Clarion. So now you also brought like a pair of 57s and a kick drum mic. Obviously, you, you yeah, thought right. you might be recording some drums, or did you just think these would be useful for all kinds of other things as well? Uh, yeah. very useful for a lot of stuff. I mean, like even bass for amps. um, yeah, bass amp, uh, djembe, a lot of yeah. uh, mainly for percussions. Percussions, yeah. Um, it's uh, it's just like this. Um, the D12 VR, I love that mic on a lot of stuff. So, uh, yeah, really useful. Um, what about yeah, and, the 421? And, what, what do you find that is really useful for out in the field? Uh, I like the sound, I, I like the 421 on guitar amps mainly, and, um, we use it for percussions, I think. Yeah. Um, the idea was just to have sort of an array of mics that we could use in any situation because we didn't really know at that point what we were going to yeah, record. Yeah, that's the thing. We knew yeah. about one guy, which is episode three, which is Casa Voice because yeah. Papias is a friend of Simon, but pretty much all the rest of the guys it's, uh, aside from the rappers which obviously don't require uh, a whole array of microphones yeah but we um, met them on the road pretty we much, met so. them on the road we basically sent out uh simon's uh the, the most of the logistics of finding people who were and and who were basically sending us demos and uh telling us where we were uh, well they were where, where they were and then try mm-hmm. to figure out how we could uh sort of uh, squeeze them in our itinerary and making sure that we could see everyone yeah. in time. So when you don't know what you're recording, I mean, you, you yeah. just bring a lot of stuff that you like to use every day. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just making sure we had everything we needed. Yeah, I mean, 57 and 421, s- it's pretty basic stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so for me, I do a, a studio on location every summer at the Bonnaroo Festival, and I saw oh, that. Cool. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, and I'm, I'm like super jealous. <laughs> well, we, yeah. we also don't always know what we're going to be recording. And I know what it feels like here to be like, okay, we got all the mics we need. I'll oh, just bring some more. Just throw the rest in there, you know. But of course, we yeah. have the luxury because all we have to do is just put it in yeah. a 17-foot U-Haul and drive it down there. For you guys to say uh, we're going to bring extra, that's a big deal, you know. And then, yeah, and they have to be solid. Yeah, that's a thing. Yes, indeed. And then, and then, um, Greg, there's a great segment of the video where you show off how it all just beautifully fits in this backpack at one point. Yeah, which is super mm-hmm. cool. So, Rockstars, you're going to love watching these videos. Um, 
really, really fun. Tell us about the headphones. What, what is that what um, Focal sent you guys with? And were there any important considerations around what kind of headphones to bring with you? Well, this year we were yeah. uh, pretty lucky. Oh um, yeah. But, yeah, let's let's start with last year. Yeah, yeah. Go last ahead. year they sent us, uh, and it was kind of um, a problem because they were in the middle of uh, of they were in between two lines of headphones, and basically they wanted to send us Listen Pros, but they were only like almost uh, manufacturing uh, quality prototypes, and they couldn't send us those, and there weren't manufactured units yet. And they didn't want to send us the Spirit Pro, the old ones, because they had to keep every little bit of them that they have for uh, um, uh, after sales services. Yeah, to replace. <laughs> to replace yeah. like uh, uh, broken ones. And so they ended up sending us a couple of, um, of listens, which ended up being a very, very good thing because yeah. they are so solid that we had absolutely no... Um, we weren't frightened to leave them in Africa for people to super use, like to be very hard on uh, on mm -hmm. them and 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 for them to break or have any problems. So that that was a good thing. Because you guys are that... taking, you're outfitting a studio. You're not just taking all the gear and coming back with it. You're bringing the gear and setting up a studio to to stay there, right? Well, yeah. In this case, it was part of the part of the trip to say, mm -hmm. okay, we're going to go there to also help them build us. You know, have enough gear to be able to be autonomous once yeah. we leave and, and leave some gear there so they can they can do their own thing mm -hmm. after you know yeah. and uh it's it's also a big the big part of it was to show them um you know techniques techniques of how to record and mix pretty much so very cool so that whole yeah so that whole part with the studio uh we had to leave some stuff for them to have enough uh enough gear to at least be able to record themselves mm -hmm. once we we were gone and then um, you also took some stuff from UAD. What what was useful from UAD? So uh, that's the yeah. uh, that's the trip in Morocco this year. So um, the sponsors gave us some new toys. I would we, say we, uh, we 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 have been working for the past year to have UA on board with us, and finally they said yes. Yeah. And they were very cool. They sent us the brand new uh, X8P sound card which is exactly what we needed because like i said what we with the previous trip we sort of found found out what didn't work and what could be improved upon and one of those things was that dreaded uh 500 series rack. Yeah, that thing was too I was, much. Man. I was it's, really uh, impressed that you guys took that with yeah. you. I saw that in the video. I was like, wow, they took a 500 rack with them? Yeah. Well, yeah. that was a mistake. And yeah. Well, I mean. We, we figured that out, you know, uh, during the trip. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, like most of most of the, of the units in the 500 series, they're, they're DIY stuff. So they're all stuff that I... That I made myself, mm -hmm. but uh, everything was working at the end. So yeah, uh, it ended yeah. up working fine. Yeah. But it was a kind of a bit of a large package. Yeah, it was a problem. Yeah, it's a, and so a we thought, how can? Yeah. yeah, there we go. And, and we thought, well, how can we improve on that? And I'm I've been working with uh, with Apollo since uh, it came out in 2012, and I uh, I thought, well, you know, an X8P that's that that'd be great. Let's. Let's try and ask them, and they they were like, "Yeah, that's sure, of course." So, and, so what uh, is the XAP? We ended up. So the XAP is basically eight preamps uh, with, with uh, the six unison, core. Yeah, with uh, oh. 
two uh, two head uh, headphone outs, and that was great for us because obviously sometimes we want to listen to what is being recorded clearly, but uh, in some instances we also need the band to be able to listen to something, say for mm -hmm. overdubs. They need to have the playback in there. So to have two outputs was a good thing with some splitters. It's just enough so that we don't need to bring yeah. uh, like a, head a headphone amplifier or anything. It, we we were able to feed everybody and uh, there was no problem there. But the main thing was really the eight preamps. Yeah, the eight like, preamps. Yeah. Not to have eight to bring built in like that other out outboard gear. Yeah. Uh, and add to that the fact that the way Universal Audio works with all of their uh, sound cards is that it's sort of a stackable, um, how do you say, stackable system. So if you buy the Apollo and then you have, say, an Arrow or an Apollo Twin, well, you just add to that system two other preamps and it just works seamlessly. Uh, so we got an Arrow in top of that, which is uh, pretty much just a two input uh, sound card. Um, so that made a 10, 10 inputs. Yeah. 10 and inputs. That was it good. would, uh, it would, uh, additionally give us one more, uh, headphone outputs mm -hmm. and then, uh, one more DI in. So basically with three DIs, uh, 10 preamps total and three headphone outs, we were Oh, all that's set. all we needed, all really. Yeah, because the thing is, the more preamps you got, you need more microphones, which is not something yeah. we got in our bags. Right. So, um, yeah, ten was, it was for a full band. Most likely, it's it was fine. We never yeah. we never missed a channel. That's we never great. thought, oh crap, we'd like to have more. No, yeah. we, it was it was fine. Yeah. Now I know that one of the things that UAD uh, includes in their software is the ability to record through some of their amazing plugins. Is that something that you guys yeah. chose to do while you're recording this stuff too, or was it more? Uh, like yeah, a we did it a couple of times. We did it a couple of times. The, uh, mainly like the first bands. Um, I think the uh, uh, we didn't use any burn. We didn't burn in any plugins. However, we did use the Unison technology, which yeah. is the microphone uh, uh, emulator. Oh, cool. All right. The microphone preamp emulator. I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh, that, 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 that was fun. really, really yeah, that cool. Because we've seen the, uh, the difference really. Yeah. And all through, all through this trip in Morocco, we were sending, uh, we were feeding loops and samples from what we recorded from the bands uh, to, uh, uh, producers, yeah, to who, like beat, so beat that they could they could make and... other songs with those samples. And one of the first thing they told us was, "How did you process the sound so that it would have so much rejection?" And and yeah. they were like, "So what did you do to the sound? How did you process it?" And we were like, "Yeah, they sound we, so clean. It's it, yeah. it sounds so like, good. What did you guys do to it?" It's like we just nothing, no EQ, nothing. Just put the mic in front yeah. of it and uh, <laughs> good microphone placement and a and good a good, a good player preamp. with a good instrument and uh, that's it. It was good. So cool. So let me yeah. let me say some of the back to you. So, um, Greg, you're saying that you guys didn't necessarily use compressors and burn in those plugins. No. But you would choose which mic pre you like the sound of the mic going through. Yeah, internally. exactly. And and this is a Correct. virtual mic pre as part of the UAD setup. Um, and then when you talk yeah. about like sending loops for producers and stuff, I'm like that sounds awesome. So you. You're not talking about locally right there at the same place where you're recording the band. You're talking about recording these bands and using the internet to send stuff off back to 
to Canada or other other not even, they were local producers oh, they yeah are local. not even i mean i mean like the the whole project was to um like recording bands and along the way i would chop like couple parts from their songs or just like instruments we would do in overdub mm -hmm. and then uh i would create loops and then uh we so we had this one guy uh nader um his name is it's uh he's an engineer in uh in araba in uh in Morocco, and he found like a whole bunch of beat makers and music producers that want to be part of the project. So I would create this file in uh, Dropbox and would put like, I think I had like 36 or 37 loops in total. And they were, they were like very short segments. Yeah. Um, and then they would create something on their own with their, those like 36, seven samples. Um, the goal was to, they could use whatever they wanted. Uh, like they didn't have to use like all the samples. They would just like take whatever motivates them or makes them creative. And then um, we met, we met with them after and uh, just to, you know, listen to the, the, all the songs they did. And it's pretty impressive. That's so you know, cool. Like all those, all those loops that you've been recording and then someone else like has created something on top yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 awesome. What an exciting it's, it's a fun process. way to Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun way to just do something else with what we're already doing. Yeah. Sort of making a parallel project out of the the already uh go ongoing project. Yeah, exactly. And and it's it's really important like that the um like all the producers were from Morocco, so they had like this background of traditional music, but they were mostly doing um I don't know, like EDM and house music and like something that's nothing uh, compared to the traditional. But, but they knew what they were getting. Yeah, like exactly. Like the instruments, they knew the names, they knew, you know, the, the rhythmic patterns that are proper to, or yeah, proper to Morocco. Yeah. Uh, they, they know about that, but they just decide to use it in another way. Now, um, when you guys are traveling to Morocco, that's quite a different experience from your travels through Senegal, right? It's it's much yeah. more it's much more um, uh, highly populated and there's urban environments and, and all that right yes correct so you've yeah. got existing well even like and producers the producers uh, there and stuff exactly yeah exactly people are more equipped um, well the, the places we we were in Senegal it was like the uh, the south region region um, called Casamance and it's um, like it's separated from the other part of Senegal with like a country right in the middle, which is Gambia. So they're not they're not really connected to the uh, the north or the big city in uh, Dakar. So Morocco, we were mostly in big cities, except at the end. But, yeah, except uh, at the end, uh, really at the doors of the desert. I mean, the, we were literally uh, we saw the end of the road. Wow! Yeah, the actual end of the road yeah. where you just drive and then and it's then dunes it's and sand. sand. And that's it. It's not like that's there's the a little, you know, path or something. No, 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 no. There, there's, there's asphalt and then sand. Yeah, and like at that and if point, you, go that you start way, walking. Yeah, if you go that way, you end up in like uh, the Persian Gulf. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you know who Shel Silverstein is? He's a he's a, no. a famous, uh, hilarious poet and songwriter um, who lived down here in Nashville. He has this great book of poems called "Where the Sidewalk Ends." So it kind of reminds oh, me. Oh yeah, of, okay, there we go. Yeah, uh, maybe he went to Morocco. Maybe I was wondering <laughs> if you saw him there. And also, like, I can't help like the way you described that whole trip. I just can't help 
picturing a Star Wars movie set somehow, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, very cool. What do you guys want to talk about? Do you want, I mean, there's so many great stories you must have from your trip to Senegal, from your recent trip to Morocco. Um, which, Which direction should we go? Well, we can. We maybe we could. Uh, we could. Uh, um, we could loop the loop uh, from with uh, with Senegal before getting into Morocco. Great. Uh, what I mean, what what can we say about Senegal? Tell us. Tell uh, us a great story of the your first well, journey over there. What was it like? I mean, one one of the one of the message I think that is very mm. important to for for the people to know about is that there is a serious problem with downloading beats over there. Oh yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah, well, I mean it's kind of worldwide, but it's kind of worldwide, but that's yeah. why it's so important to talk about it is because a lot of 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 countries or a lot of people don't have the means to uh either buy beats or have uh beat makers do custom beats for their material or you know arrange some kind of a deal where uh, you know one guy produces, one guy raps. Um, or have the equipment, yeah, or, or have, have the, the sound yeah, banks they, to they do just it. Or... Don't have the means. So what they do is that they download any beat from anywhere, and it makes basically their all their work, their hard work, which is writing and recording and and this performance, useless because it's economically unviable. They can't sell it because it's on a, a unlicensed beat. So one of the reason why we thought it was important to make this 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 studio in Senegal was to also give an opportunity to local producers to have a place and equipment to make original beats for local mm-hmm. rappers. And that's I I I we do uh we do talk about it in the last episode of uh of the season in Senegal and you know, it's one of those things that I think is important to, to take the time and, and have people realize that it is a problem. Uh, this, this, this un, the fact that they're unable to, to do something to, to, how could I say, they're unable to do original material, not because they're not creative enough, but because they just don't have any producers. They don't have necessarily the know-how. And well, they don't even have like a good microphone to just, just a good mic. Yeah, yeah, just know, a good a, mic or a good enough computer. It What's well, an unexpected it's twist like, on it too? Because when you first say you know a problem with downloading beats, I think traditionally here in the you know America or whatever, it's like oh, beat makers aren't getting paid for their their hard work. But yeah, in mm-hmm. fact, it's it's that's not it. It's the fact that these guys are then putting this heart and energy into making these beautiful musical works and they can't actually do mm-hmm. anything with the work with the creek because they, create, they yeah. could never afford to buy the beat in the first place. No, exactly. Correct. Exactly. And uh, one of the thing we did was uh, with, with an artist in Sindia, um, Pox B. So we, we showed them how to, uh, how to make beats pretty much. So uh, there was this one guy doing, you know, like beats on his own. And then we brought him in and then we used um, a couple of his beats just to, you know, create, hip hop songs with them. And then uh, we brought in a percussion assemble um, from the village. So we put a bunch of mics on them and then we made them perform for like an hour. And then I chopped them up uh, all the, uh, all the waves and then made samples with it just to put over in their, in their beat. So um, yeah, that was cool to do. That's great. Well, what a great um, motivation for doing all that stuff too. Yeah. Well, it's also like the when you don't have a lot of equipment, 
the only thing you got is, you know, being creative, really. And honestly, that's pretty much the only thing that matters. So, yeah. Well, so you guys uh, took quite a journey just to even get to this location. Any stories you want to share about share about the trip there? I think there was a, some pretty funny um, footage in your video of you just like sleeping on the, you know, the yeah. The floor oh yeah, of we a got drunk on the boat. Everything. Yeah, we got drunk on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Great, and slept on the floor because that's that's how you do it there. You know? Yeah. And, yeah, there was yeah. no bed, so we just slept on the floor. Well, but, you know, with a couple beers, a lot of stuff you can do. Yep. <laughs> That's true. And, and again, um, you guys are living my dream. So, you know, when I was young, mm. we, we took a studio in a car and drove around the country, and I slept, you know, on the floor of, a, of an old, um, it was an old retirement, you know, nursing home or something like that. And I, I remember after drinking, like, having slept and breathed in the carpet dust all night long. And I did not look good the next morning. So, so I can feel for you, you know, the, the effort and oh, yeah. commitment you got to put into just getting from one place to another. Um, what about the, the location? Tell us about this building. Um, you guys went through quite an awesome experience of actually building and creating a studio from what was a wow. concrete box and, and very yeah, clever, the biggest challenge stuff. was Yeah, yeah. The, the biggest challenge was treating the room with no means because yeah, with, obviously it's found. easy if, if we had a, a sponsorship from uh uh i don't know Auralex or some some big name company with uh that does uh, acoustical treatment uh it would have been easy but then no it's all coming out of our pockets which uh. means that well anything that's free is that much less that we have to pay to make this this uh this yeah. studio to treat this studio so obviously the idea was to make it as cheap as possible, but also acoustically correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so we used a couple of uh, strategies that ended up being far more effective than we would have thought, uh, namely the corner traps filled with wood dust and uh, just uh, veneer panels. Yeah, that, yeah, was and that was a yeah, yeah, and that was an idea from a guy uh at living in Sindhya because we were trying to find a way yeah, to fill that up and then he's just like hey we why have not use wood that? dust because yeah. at first we thought we thought of sand and it would have worked but it's too heavy it was too heavy it would have eventually just break yeah you know because right. the, 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 the sheer mass of it is too much yeah and uh i you know we thought well we need something else and and part of this whole process also was to implicate them in the the, the thinking process, mm-hmm. the, 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 the whole, the whole creatively trying to find alternative, uh, materials. Mm-hmm. And so we'd say that, like, we'd say, okay, we need something that is uh, porous, uh, that is like foam. What can we use? Well, we have these, uh, mattresses that we use. Okay. Well, that's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. Let's go, go get a mattress. And then we, we went to the market and just we yeah. drove around and just and looked at for stuff a bunch and of go stuff. like, Oh, would yeah. that be good? You know, at first we wanted to use, um, uh, plastic buckets, to make the sort of diffusers in the corner because the way they were shaped, they weren't completely cylindrical. They kind of had a wedge. So it was sort of uh, diffusing on both axes. Mm. And then we thought, okay, but just cutting them uh, in quarters would have been a pain in the ass. And so what can we use? Well, we can just put two little pieces of wood on each side of the corner and then 
fit a veneer sheet yeah, and then fill it. it with something. So what can we fill it with? Well, let's ask the people around. And then one of the guys said wood dust and that's, that's it. So it was a fun thing to just uh, collectively think of solution, finding yeah. a good alternative for what otherwise would have cost a fortune. And it was a good idea because you, you've seen the exact same thing in a big studio in Montreal. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Cause just the veneer to, to, the way we curved it, I don't know if you saw the on the video. At one point, we both uh, were both we shirtless water, water and we putting, we're putting water yeah. to to bend yeah. the that was the, brilliant. the veneer, and it actually worked. And I was back in Montreal at Studio Planet, which is like one of the big studios in Montreal, and I saw basically the exact same thing with there the exact go. same wood, and I was like, "Well, we weren't so off." Well, the guy <laughs> stole the idea. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> so, um, Rockstars, for some clarity on that, too, an original diffuser is literally just a curved piece of wood, meaning, yeah. you know, that the sound goes and hits it and, it and it gets dispersed as it reflects back as opposed to just reflecting back in one wave, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Now, exactly. now, did you feel like there needed to be something heavy behind that wood or not necessarily or any thoughts on that? I mean, obviously, you couldn't get too crazy with it. You just had to work with what you had, no. but yeah, no, it was mainly just yeah. concrete behind it, pretty much. I I think like the uh, the best idea was the um the telephone pole. Yeah, that was we, really we really found cool. a telephone pole, and actually we woke up that morning, and I I remember telling Simon, you know what I saw like on the side of the studio, and he said the telephone pole. I was like, well, yeah, well, we were all on the same page on about that. Yeah. And yeah. so <laughs> we we really both had the sort of the spark about this telephone pole thinking that, okay, it, this could be a great free diffuser. Yeah. But the the big thing was cutting, cutting it. it. Cutting it. So it wasn't about phoning home because you guys pain. were homesick at that point? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was about cutting it without a, without a proper mechanical saw. Oh, man. We actually had just one hand saw like a, a, a and it wasn't even sharp no it was a pain yeah and we actually thought of asking the guys okay where can we find a chainsaw and they were like well we could have one if we go get it it's in another village 45 minutes away and we were like okay well never mind we'll just yeah. all you know chip in a bit of energy yeah, to, we took turn but there's this, this one guy like this yeah. big Big dude, and he just did half of it by himself, pretty yeah. much. That's great. That's great. It was really cool. Well, so now another detail is, you know, most people think about building a studio and they think about doing a floated floor, but here you guys are building a floating ceiling in this place too, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So tell, yeah. Obviously, tell us there's about no that. Need for, was, there, uh, was there no roof over your yeah. head? There was, um, the roof was basically just, it's made of metal, metal sheet, yeah. you know, um, with, uh, it's, it's held by, uh, by, by trees, mm. basically, that they cut down and they make the uh, the structure, and then they just put the sheet metal on top of it. So it's there's a lot of air coming out. There's a lot of sound mm. from from the the, the nearby. Uh, there's yeah, a road, I mean, uh, but it's not really used. But it's mainly chickens and and animals, like and like livestock uh, and soccer games and soccer games yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, so the idea was to just make, uh, usually what they do is that they put some plastic tarp and that's the roof. But in our... Well, that's how they do it in, yeah, in houses. That's how they do it in houses. Yeah. 
And we thought, okay, we had to add another layer of like uh, something to dampen the mm-hmm. sound. And we found this uh, beautiful fabric. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And uh, <laughs> we it, that's it. Our friend uh, Yusuf um, put it there for us. Yeah. We had the help from a wonderful carpenter from the village who, who like, he really gave himself. Oh, yeah. And like, he was everything paid. was equal the whole way. And, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, he did <laughs> Amazing it dude. the right way. That's cool. Great guy. Well, so, Great so guy. you built a ceiling for this studio and got it dialed in and yeah. sounding pretty good. Um, what? Tell us about the recording experience with some of these musicians. I mean, what what was it like? What What, what were some of the challenges and rewards of recording with these people there? Uh, the big challenges were uh, mainly um, rooms, like all the all the rooms we we yeah. were recording in, because uh, usually they sound like crap. Um, well, I mean, it's very very lively. You know, there's a lot of reverb going on. Um, the other problem we've had was um, mainly instruments, because usually the instruments are not yeah. in super shape, um, very out of tune, and you know, rusted strings and, and yeah. yeah, they just don't keep their tune because they're usually not great quality craftsmanship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. The, yeah, that was the, that was the big challenge. Yeah. You, you guys weren't going to yeah. travel with a full back line, huh? Of course oh, not. Oh man, I wish one day. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored with, uh, my Marshall, I'll bring a, a whole plexi with me. Well, now yeah. I will make yeah. a comment about building the studio. And you tell you know you talked about if we had a sponsorship like Oratone or something. I think that actually there's something really beautiful and elegant about the fact that you guys built this studio out of local materials, especially yeah. when you know you, the the quote that you guys have on your website. You talk about you know you can teach or you can uh, what is it you can you <laughs> oh, can give a man nice. a fish and he eats for a day, or you can teach him how to record and he makes records for a life or something like and, that. And there, yeah. there was many, there was many versions of that quote, and, yeah. uh, and that's that's the that's, that's the, one. the one that we settled on. <laughs> <laughs> I come up with a lot of wacky stuff. You know, you got yeah, that one was okay. That I one was a okay. wandering mind. <laughs> but I mean, you know, here other people will see that this studio was yes. built out of local materials, and they'll become inspired to build another studio, as opposed to if they mm-hmm. just see something that looks like it's you know made out of gold, they're going to be like, well, I'll never have one of those. You no. know. Uh, acoustical yeah. treatment is all about know-how and knowledge. And, you know, at one point, if you know how sound reacts to this material or that material, or just to say, like, for example, that uh, your your broadband absorbers, if you uh, uh, put them like, I don't know, two or three inches from the wall, well, then you, you'll, you're going to get them to go a lot lower in the... Um, uh, in the absorption rate mm. range, You're at, and these are just like it doesn't cost more to put your broadband absorber three inches from the wall. It, you just have to know about it. Yeah, and these are all things that mm. we tried to apply over there. Uh, I mean, wood dust is going to vibrate like it's go- it's really going to have the same type of. No, it's not going to be completely flat across the whole frequency spectrum, but it will sort of react the same way as a foam would. Because it will vibrate and take up that energy and, and transfer it into heat. Yeah, and it works And that's great. the whole principle behind yeah. it. So if you understand that, if you understand diffusion, well, then you can say, okay, we just need something round and we need mm-hmm. you know stuff that is round but not with the same uh, arc. Uh, 
if you, you know, there's, there are just all those little things that you don't need to have this, you know, professional foam in order right, to do. Right. No. And the other thing is like the whole thing cost us about like 200 bucks. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a great, great part of the video. Bucks, you guys sort of like, and we stopped you know and got this I mean? 20 yeah. bucks, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's also to show that, you know, it doesn't cost a lot. Obviously we're in Africa. It's, it's different. You know, all the wood was cut uh, from planks. Well, you saw it in the video uh, that's straight from the tree. And yeah. obviously you don't buy two by four, you buy wood. Right. Right. Which is arbitrary, arbitrarily uh, at a certain uh, thickness. And well, you just use that. It looks the same. It's literally kind of looks the same, but <laughs> it's, it's not a two by four. Literally wood from the arbitrary. Yes. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. On that, on that dumb note, We'll take a break for a second. Rockstar's going to come back in just for a moment for the jam session. A uh, reminder that we're going to have links to all these amazing things we're talking about here with Simon and Greg in the show notes. So if you're listening on your mobile device, just click through. Or if you're on your desktop, go to rsrockstars.com. And it's going to be right there, including a YouTube playlist. So you can just watch some of these um, incredible videos that they're making. And we'll see you guys in just a moment for the jam session. This show is sponsored by Recording Studio Rockstars Academy. Are you ready to take your recording, mixing, and mastering to the next level and make your best record ever? Then visit the Academy to find the course that's right for you. Want to record killer drums in your home studio? Then check out Rockstars of Drums to learn how to record, edit, and mix pro-sounding drums with a professional Nashville session drummer in a Grammy-winning studio. Or if you are ready to start mastering your own records at home, then check out Rockstars of Mastering, where I walk you through exactly how I mastered my own record, Skadoosh, using nothing but plugins in PreSonus Studio One. These techniques would work for you in whichever DAW you are using right now. And if mixing is your focus, then check out my free course, Mix Master Bundle, where I show you how to mix using stock and free plugins in Pro Tools. Plus, you get a look at how I recorded everything in my studio and multi-track downloads to mix in your own studio and even include in your mixing portfolio if you want. Are you ready to make your best record ever? Then go to Mix Master bundle.com to get started for free now and look for the clickable link in the show notes of this episode. Are you using a Mac in your recording studio? Are you tired of feeling like the studio setup you worked so hard to create is becoming obsolete too quickly? Wouldn't it feel great to have a trusted friend to help you keep your existing Mac and studio setup current and relevant so that you can focus on the thing you love most? which is making great music. Well, now you can rely on OWC, Other World Computing, which you can find at OWC.com, whose mission it is to help you get the most mileage out of your existing Mac. Whether you need to upgrade your RAM, install an SSD drive, add more connectivity, or simply find a great used Mac that's ready to rock, OWC will help take your studio into the future with a vast library of DIY install videos, 24-7 friendly support, and free shipping in the U.S. on most items over $49. Why get frustrated and ditch your existing computer when you can take your studio into the future with OWC? Learn more at OWC.com and find out how awesome your Mac can be at OWC. Hey, Rockstars, we're back now for the jam session. My guests today are Simon Walls and Greg Bonnier, joining us from Montreal, Canada. 
and they are telling us all about their Record the World adventures, um, which you can watch on YouTube. You guys ready to jam? Yeah. Every day. Sweet. Well, uh, talk about your ability to communicate with the people that your work recording in these faraway lands. Um, are you dealing well, with language barriers? How do you address oh, yes. that? Yeah, that, that's it. We're, we're going to talk about our inability to communicate sometimes <laughs> because that's, that's the funnier part. <laughs> yeah. Usually like we need a uh, translator. Um, like m- most likely in all the places we go, there's someone speaking either French or English and we speak both. So it's, you know, a pretty good start. Um, but you know, like sometimes, uh, like there was this one time in Morocco, uh, in, uh, in the Warazazat yeah. with, uh, the, what's the band? Tarwa and Tiniri. Um, you know, like they, they all speak, um, Arabic. Yeah. Um, Arabic. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there's this one guy that can really speak English really well. So he's always translating for everyone. And, you know, I always feel that, you know, when they're talking to each other, they're, they're very aggressive, but it, that's just how they talk to each other. Like Germans. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you always feel like they're concept. they're pissed off at something, but no, that's just how they yeah, talk. Yeah, that's just how they are. You know? <laughs> that's how the language is. <laughs> you know, and you, you feel like there's something wrong yeah. happening in the session, and you're like, Please. what's going on? And you're waiting for the translation, and he's like, oh, everything is fine. They like it. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, great. Oh, that's nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> what do people say about French? Well, you know, it's always a little touchy subject because, uh, well, <laughs> both countries we've been in are ex-French colonies. Yeah, so exactly. usually the best way to befriend those people is to say we're Canadian. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. just meant the language particularly. But Yes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. But then then they, they understand why we speak French because we come from the French part of Canada and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But and they make fun of our accent. So it's funny. Yeah. And, and right. yeah, no, usually, usually they speak French or English. In Morocco, it was both, um, yeah. depending on, on who we were speaking with. In yeah. Senegal, uh, mainly French. Uh, not a lot of people sp- spoke English. Yeah. But in French, we had pretty much no problem speaking with anyone except for maybe elderly uh, like, like really old people, like 70 plus years old, uh, mama uh, living next door, obviously would come to me and speak in, in the local language language. Yeah. And she's trying to give you a lesson and, on oh, yeah, how yeah, to and, speak. And it, she's really know? having a conversation with me. Like, like there is no tomorrow and I'm, <laughs> I'm just there nodding and, and saying, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, cool. good day, good day, great, great. Yeah. You know, you know like thumbs thing up in, and, you know, trying to... <laughs> the thing in Senegal is most people speak uh, three languages. So they're going to speak, well, especially in our the region we were in, they speak uh, Jola, which is the main uh, language in the region. They're going to speak Wolof, which is the... Um, it's the main language. The main it's, language it's in Senegal. Yeah. And then they also speak French because school is taught in French mostly. Okay, all right. Um, well, very cool. Yeah, so they, so they know like three, and some of them know um, English because there's like English lessons or Spanish or Italian yeah. or, yeah. Um, Greg, let me ask you about the filmmaking aspect of all this too, because, yeah. you know, watching this on YouTube is just beautiful shots, beautiful film work. Thank um, you. It's like a very one wonderful, entertaining, super extended vlog series, you know, in a way. Um, what are some of the things 
I know we're a recording focus show, but we also like video work and film <laughs> and all these create. We like being creative, you know. So talk to us a little bit about what you needed to also think about. You know, here here was record bringing recording gear is enough work alone, but you had to bring a film studio too. So what did that mean? What did that look like for you? Well, I wanted to be as light as possible, and I brought, actually, I brought a pretty shitty camera. At that point, I had a C200 with, like, a, a Canon C200 with, like, a, a motorized servo zoom lens that was, like, a $20,000 <laughs> kit. And obviously, I didn't want to bring that. So I brought the only thing that I could bring, mm. which is an XC10, which is a really cheap, consumer-ish grade camera. Which you didn't bring in Morocco. Which I didn't bring in Morocco. Yeah. So, but uh, but at that point, that's all I had aside from the Super Pro rig. And so that's that's what I shot on, an XC10. Now you and also it's, brought a, it's a, a very, drone, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, I brought a drone. That's the moneymaker. And obviously, you know, <laughs> well, today, you know, it's the standard. If you have a YouTube channel and you don't have a drone, you're like nobody. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I did well, get that's a drone why you do podcasts. <laughs> you don't need drones to do podcasts. Yeah. But you should tell the uh, the drone story for Morocco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let me get to that. Okay. So basically. Uh, we we only left with uh with this very small camera which which is kind of shitty in the low lights and so that was part of the struggle mm -hmm. of doing this thing in uh in Senegal where there's not a lot of light uh i mean even like once the sun sets uh there's usually like one main light in the house and that's it mm. And it's always those like fluorescent, uh, super white, compact uh, daylight crap that really is harsh. And so dealing with that was kind of a, mm. a problem and dealing with the low light in general. Thankfully, I had a, a nice plug in and final cut uh, denoise, all that. But uh, then again, you know, you don't want to do too much. And so, yeah. So, I mean, what did I bring? This camera, a tripod, that tripod was so small. Mm -hmm. It was one of those, like, uh, it's. I think it's made by Polaroid, and it weighs like a pound. Oh, you mean like and a it's, very small one? Yeah, it's made like uh, those old school um, uh, car antennas. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like one little segment into the other. And so it's not very sturdy. Mm. Uh, and mind you, if I want to be in the shot, then I have to put in on a tripod. So yeah, yeah that's kind not, of part of the challenge. Me. Otherwise, it's just him. Yeah. And you're, Simon just, records yeah. the world and Greg behind the camera. <laughs> and you're also not near enough to the tripod to catch it if it's falling over, right? Yes, exactly. But then again, it's it's a cheap camera, so it's not so bad. Yeah. And but, the other thing you had like was the the small tripod that we used as a mic stand. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the oh, last one. About. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's okay. the one. We we're didn't have the, no. The, we didn't have a full size tripod uh, in oh. Senegal. We only had the crappy one. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm not so, in charge of videos. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the whole video rig was probably weighing about like uh, I don't know, six pounds. It was pretty wow. small and very very compact. Um, yeah. It's it's really just about making sure you have all the shots you need mm. to edit. A full episode and 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 another aspect of it that you have to keep in mind when you do these kind of things is that we record a band that we've most likely never heard the songs they're doing beforehand. so we don't know which one of those songs is going to be the good song mm. for the yeah. video because yeah. obviously i don't want to put the crappy one in the video so you have to sort of shoot everything and everything in in total and 
maybe they're going to do just one take. So you have to make sure that in that one take, you have all the general shots, all the close-up shots that you have to sort of trick into making your your viewer thinking that it, it happened live, but it actually happened after. And, you know, so it's kind of a mind game, a kind of a puzzle to assemble. But once you have it, you have like a, a minute and a half of something that mm -hmm. while well, you saw makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but most of those are live takes in like one take. Yeah, because the thing is like when... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, it's, you also uh, do all these cool tricks when you make videos, like you'll have like a fast motion, stop motion thing yeah. to like condense a scene and and um, right. you have these flyover drone shots or you're riding on a on a bus and you're holding the camera in front of yourself doing a selfie yeah. shot so you can kind of tell the story of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and the other part was also that, you know, when we're recording a band, we don't know what songs we're going to take. So sometimes we're going to tell them, okay, so play me um, four or five, six songs and then we'll see which one we're going to take in them. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah, we're yeah. going to take a song and then tell them, okay, we're going to take this one and then play that one again. And just to make sure we got two really good takes and something to work on. Um, in Senegal, the level of musicianship was good. Um, so we had to really sort of uh, sift through the good songs yeah. mm -hmm. and make sure that we would only concentrate and fo focus and use our our very limited time to do those songs yeah. mainly because Morocco, we didn't yeah. do any research no, or that's like it. a lot of research before going and they can't always just send us demos because that's not possible that's not a thing yeah because yeah, when they don't, may not even have a phone to record a demo no, on. there we go no exactly because when when greg left uh to go back to um to montreal i stayed in senegal for another month and a half i think so i was gone for like two months and a half uh on that trip and that's and because you had you had not yet cried on that trip so you needed exactly to stay like <laughs> break down <laughs> yeah exactly well it's actually like i wanted to stay a little bit longer and my girlfriend wanted to uh to meet me in in senegal um because she had time off on that period cool and um and the fact that I didn't cry yet. Um, <laughs> um, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. Uh, so um, when, I, when I was in, uh, when Greg left, I had more time to do some research. And then I found some amazing, amazing musicians. Like, you can't even imagine. Um, I did a whole album with this Cora player that we did in, geez, I would say 12 hours. That's including um, the 10 songs, everything live, and then all the overdubs with a calabash, a bass player, all the backing vocals, and some percussions uh, because the guys were so freaking tight. I mean, it's like, yeah, there's no second take. It's Is that just... the same um, player that we see in the video? No, no. that's another one. There's okay. no video of him. No, because it happened after I was gone. Yeah. With the video gear. <laughs> All right, yeah. so let's talk for just a and, moment about the yeah. difference between recording audio and video and the amount of hard drive space you need for those two things. How did you guys make sure that you had enough room to record the things you needed on this trip? I mean, what did you do if you're going to... I mean, here we are. We've got studios, and all we have to do is drive to Walmart, and yet still our mm. drives are full, and we can't. we don't have enough room and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, for audio, well, it's audio, pretty it's easy. It's not so bad. I mean, yeah, audio, like yeah. in Morocco, um, for three weeks, I recorded for 
80 gigs. Like the whole yeah. thing was 80 gigs. Your videos was... Okay, I shot in Morocco. I shot about twice as much as in um, in Senegal, yeah. but then again at half the bit rate. So I ended up with, in both times, I have about 1.5 terabyte of footage. That's it. Wow, with, that seems like yeah. not it's that It's not much. so bad. It's mm. not so bad. It's not so bad, and it all fits on those. I use those little um, SanDisk uh, solid-state drives, which are very, very small, which are shockproof, waterproof, and I back up everything on two of them. Mm -hmm. One which is always on my person, the other one in my luggage, and I also keep the SD cards that I shoot with. And when I shoot, uh, you spent like when we were in Senegal, that was not a possibility. But in in Morocco, I left with an A7 III, which is a great camera and that has two SD slots, which also makes it possible to shoot on both cards at the same time mm, and do back which means that so. if one fails i still have the other one because the, the whole footage is on two cards then once i fill a card i transfer it to the the hard drives so i got two hard drives i keep one of them and and then wipe the other one putting another one in it so i always have at least at three places the footage like okay. I, I would be very unlucky to lose all three of those. Mm -hmm. But the SD cards are the thing, the little guys that go in the camera when you're shooting. Yeah. And those are things that ultimately get wiped and reused over and over again. Or are you actually keeping yeah. like a whole stack of them somewhere? I have the shots? like I left with. Well, you had what, enough to keep them all. Eight? right? Yeah, I left with eight 256 gigabyte one. So, of course, yes, it's a lot of it's a lot of space. <laughs> But the way that I use them, you know, every time I have a full one, I keep one of those uh, in my backpack and I also transfer it to those two SanDisk drives. So, I, you know, there's always a triple redundancy mm -hmm. anyhow. Now, I know we're geeking out hard, but I, I've been doing, yeah. I just went to Winter Nam and I shot stuff with a GoPro and then I recorded on a little Tascam MX-10 or something like that. It's a little clip on recorder that goes yeah, on the yeah, mic. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. And um, and I guess both of those are formatted SD cards with something called FAT32 formatting. And I was mm -hmm. surprised to discover afterwards that when I yeah. record for 20 minutes or something like that, it breaks it up into all these little files yes. and you have to stitch yeah. it all back together. There's a gigabyte limit on FAT32. This so is why they don't use FAT32 anymore in high-end gear. I see. So if you have a good yeah. camera, it's just, it lets you yeah, record the newer like we're ones, used the newer to for ones, audio. At least. Mm -hmm. Like the A7 III, I think is in XFAT, uh, which is a lot more, a lot, mm -hmm. lot more practical because of that thing. Uh, so you don't have to, you don't have like breaked up little pieces of yeah. footage that you have to put back together. Well, suffice it to say, I was quite uh, unpleasantly surprised and I was concerned that I had, you know, <laughs> it had stopped recording in the middle of this thing we had done and... Yeah. <laughs> Finally figured out that that's what it was doing. So Rockstar's just just heads up that that kind of stuff can happen if you're going to record on these you know, unusual devices. Yeah. Um, uh, we also yeah. left with a new device that we didn't have uh, before. Uh, so basically, we had the drone. You saw the beautiful shots from uh, from Senegal. 
in Morocco, something happened though. Oh um, yeah. I usually am very keen on checking on all the laws and the legislation on stuff like drone footage and things. And obviously I've never ran into any problems in any of the countries I've been in with my drone. So Murphy's Law says that this one time that I didn't check, Morocco, uh, there's actually since 2014 a global ban on all of Morocco to use drones. Wow. So I arrived at the airport mm -hmm. and the custom agent says, do you have a drone? And at that point, well, you don't really have a choice. You, do, you don't say no and try to hide it. You have to say yes, because that's, that's the catch. You know, if you say no, then they just seize it and you're, you know... It's kind of small, yeah. though. It fits in your pants, you know? Yeah, it's a very small drone. But, they must uh, have terrible anyways. film production in Morocco. <laughs> 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 terrible YouTube so, channels. That's it. So basically, yeah, they took my drone, so I couldn't shoot any any drone footage in Morocco. Um, I guess that's going to be a uh, gag. loss, too, of gear, isn't it? Um, no, what they do is that they... Um, they or they give you like... Yeah, a, they, they give you like a receipt, paper. and then when you come back to the airport, well, they have it ready for oh, you to pick good. it up and, nice. and bring it back. Yeah. yeah, well, they're not stupid. They know that a well, lot of tourists are going to pay for it after, though. And, yeah. You well, you have to pay for, like, the, the storage fees. Right, right, totally. Um, um, yeah. So what were some clever ways that you got interesting footage without having a drone? Uh, well, well, the plane. We, yeah, the, the plane. The plane from uh, Zagora to uh, Casablanca. Yeah, we, uh, we crossed the Atlas Mountains, and uh, mm -hmm. I was just at the right angle at the right time of the day with the sun on the other side, and I got beautiful shots out of this. So what that's else, great. Uh, and I, brought, I bought this one new piece of equipment, which is called, uh, it's called, it's made by DGI also. It's called an Osmo Pocket, which is basically a very, very small gimbal with a drone-sized camera. I've seen but if those. It's in your I've pocket, seen the pictures of them. It is crazy. Mm -hmm. And it's also very inconspicuous, which means that I can take it out in a market, film with it, and nobody knows that I'm filming. Because today, even with a phone, people know that you're filming, like holding a yeah. phone vertically like that, yeah. uh, horizontally, I'm sorry, like that, well, the people know that you're filming them. And they yeah. don't necessarily like to be filmed or... You know, but if they don't know, it's, it's, you know, it's different. It's different. They don't have the same reaction and everything. Mm -hmm. And usually I, I come back and I say, oh, do, do you mind if I, if, if I, I filmed you and everything? And most, most of those say it's okay. So that's fine. But you do, at least you have the, the correct reaction from the people mm -hmm. uh, they Very don't cool. try to act, you know, and because the, it, it really doesn't look like a camera. No, you can literally hide it in your hand and yeah. then there's just this little it is so small. camera. Yeah. And, that's and since it. it's a gimbal, while well, you walk around with it and it's it does this really smooth motion. Yeah. And it's tracking. Uh, yeah, yeah. The also. Whole thing, so right? it's it's great. It's great. So that's that's one of the tools that we, we didn't have in Senegal that we have now, uh, aside from a much, much, much better camera. Mm -hmm. So yeah, season two is gonna be uh, even better in terms of image. Image oh, and, and bands look. and music and, and stuff. music also. Oh, that's yeah. that's what we wanted Just... to say before is that the musicianship level in Senegal was was good. Uh, so we had to choose which song to focus on. But in, in Morocco, it's very different. Yeah, we, we actually had to, could we sit could down and, and choose the play bands the whole we wanted album. to work with. Yeah. Pretty much. And tell them just 
play play through your album and yeah. most of the time it was one takes and yeah that's it you know how many times as a producer did you hear two takes of a song and that you look at the band and go like well you choose because it they're both good wow yeah. not often you have this luxury yeah that's yeah. because they're just good musicians and, and the other and, thing and is they like knew their songs everything was made uh without headphones without click tracks yeah um just life off the floor um yeah. There, there's there's no no punch-ins. Yeah, there's nothing. no punch -ins. Well, except like overdubs that there we did overdubs. after. There were overdubs, but there's no punch-ins. There was no like, oh, we're gonna punch in the drum at that point. No, no, it, it doesn't. You know, they just they just know their stuff yeah. so well that they the the end product is is definitely up to par. Yeah, exactly. Like that's how we did an an EP with a band in a whole day. We we did the whole setup in the morning and then did all the live takes in the like middle afternoon and took the evening to do all the overdubs. And everything was done within like 12 hours-ish. Yeah. And uh, yeah, six songs. Everything is great. And we did two takes of each song, took the one we wanted to, and then that the band felt they were really cool with it. Yeah. And then did some overdubs on top of that, and uh, that was it. We just had like the emotion and the raw energy of the band going on. That That's whole a lot first of week in in Morocco was like a marathon. Yeah, pretty uh, much. We did in one week. We did three full, well, EP, two two well, EPs, two and, EPs one and one CD. full album. Yeah, wow. I still say CD, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so, a reminder, you know, that even when we're back in back here, back at home in a studio. You know, if you can encourage a band to take off their headphones and, and they can perform yeah. well and just really yeah. pour their hearts into a performance live in a room, you can yeah. do you can do a record very quickly that way. Mm -hmm. And also the other way around as a producer to put your headphones and be with the band and not in a control room uh, also changes the energy. Yeah, totally. Because the thing is, uh, in, in my studio in Montreal, I have a control room with a live room and other rooms to, you know, put like an amp and stuff. So being without headphones is very complicated. Right. But unless you put everything in the same room and everyone is jamming together, um, which makes it really, really cool. Like there's, uh, there's this uh, video on Pure Mix with um, Vince, uh, Vince Powell. He's doing like a whole band in one room and the two yeah. guitar amps are side by side Next with the, the drums, drums you know yeah, and yeah, everyone yeah, is jamming yeah, in the same way. room together yeah. having the whole energy you know that's sometimes leakage is a, a lesser pain than bad energy yeah and it's part of the sound it's uh yeah, that's how the that's uh, the players feel very comfortable they feel motivated and very creative yeah the, cur um, the curse of not having a lot of booths and a control room becomes a blessing from the standpoint yeah, of totally. uh, having a better performance and yeah well that's cool i agree I, i've had great success recording with the band all in one room i don't get to do it a lot because you have to mm -hmm. you know it's good the moment's got to be right obviously when you guys yeah. are recording on these trips like this it's like the moment is that this is the moment we got to figure out how to make something right here so yeah, it's we a don't good really fit. have a choice yeah and and also is uh we we found the bands um like a month or two months before leaving yeah, pretty much. And then uh, when we we told them that we're we're gonna go to their city or village to record them, well, they've been rehearsing nonstop for a month or right. two months. Right. Yeah, they're ready. Straight. So, you know, and so you get there, you put the mics, and these guys are freaking ready. Yeah, 
You so know, you guys aren't at that point. You guys aren't like, you know, I was thinking maybe can we try a bridge on this one? No, <laughs> like, uh, uh, we're ready. No. We got the arrangement on this. Yeah, exactly. And they're they're very used to their 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 song structures. Yeah, uh, like this band that does like desert blues. How it goes is you got an instrumental verse chorus instrumental verse chorus instrumental and that goes on for like four or five minutes yeah because that's how that's how it it goes yeah it's it's at that point we're not producers anymore we're really just recordists mm. you know mm -hmm. and you know and we make sure it, like yeah. the performances are yes, really yes, good yes. We, and we might then, say okay well the, your drummer's not super energetic or yeah, something or like that. Or your guitar is out of tune. Yeah. You know? So that part of the producing is kicks in, but but the whole the whole uh figuring out a song structure and and adding some parts that's not it's not songwriting anymore because for one, we don't have the time and two, we don't know this this particular style of music and mm. who are we to go there and say, well, you should have a bridge there. Yeah. No. It's it's their thing, and you you sort of have to take your own space in there. And yeah, say, I mean, okay. I never play with structures no. with bands uh, when we do stuff like that. The thing I would do is more uh, ideas about um, overdubs or like arrangements, yeah. and how I would do it's more like you you give the idea, and they have to agree. Because you know they right, sure. they got their own thing of doing things. They got their own style. Um, like hey. this band in uh, what is that? Like there, yeah. I wanted to to give like um, some some big back vocals or like something uh, in in instrumental, and they're like, yeah, let's not do that because that's not desert blues. I'm like, oh, okay, fair enough, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, how <laughs> I mean, in your life don't do know. you get somebody to say that's not desert <laughs> yeah, blues? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's issue. okay. <laughs> I'll use that in Montreal. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Greg, you were about to say something. No, 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 no. That's it. That's pretty much. Yeah. It's the whole, um, the whole realization that you know you're you're there, and you don't know the culture, and you have to sort of fit in there. Mm -hmm. And so, it's so. Yeah. What is desert blues? Oh well, it's um, a lot of guitar twirls. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of reverb and delays, and uh, yeah. this um, it's usually played in D minor. They have their own thing going yeah. on, and it's all part of this this blues that got to their ear at some point in the seventies, and that just became yeah, this it, sort of very typical style with the 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 weird um, the weird keys. Also, mm -hmm. they use a lot of accidentals that we're not used to mm -hmm. in in you know in in the Western world, mm -hmm. I should say. Yeah, and then there's this like usually it's um there's a whole jam going on because when you tell them to do uh two takes, both of them um the guitar licks they're gonna be different. I mean like the main riff's gonna be the same, but he's gonna jam around it. So um usually it's not always the exact same thing. Um so there's a lot of jamming around it. Um the six eight. The yeah, two against lot. three rhythmics. There's always something, you know, going on three three beats, and mm -hmm. then another thing going half beat on four four, and they always meet. Mm -hmm. And that, that's that's very very typical of that style. And and what we what we both really realized once we were there is how 
present, this rhythmic pattern is in every style of music in Morocco. This two against three mm -hmm. uh, thing in six eight. It's it's everywhere, and the, it's a big part of the desert blues sound. Also, yeah. the rhythm and the uh, the electric guitar is the yeah. main thing. Like usually, they do a lot of you know like reverb and delay, very like twin fan, like a Fender twin mm -hmm. kind of sound. Um, and played yeah. with played yeah. with a pick or played with fingers usually. Fingers, fingers, a so, lot of the but time. But it's not finger picking; it's just finger action. Yeah, yeah. From from what we've seen, I mean, yeah. I, I guess there's many people doing different things, uh, because you know, like desert blues is a uh, like it goes from Algeria to um, Mali. Mm -hmm. uh, there and it goes to uh, Niger or in Western Sahara. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty big. There's a big region, and they all got their own little things. Um, like they're the bands that they're very influenced by is uh, Wen, It's called. Yeah, Wen. You should check that out. All right, definitely. Cool. I'm excited to hear all this music. Cool. You know that you yeah, guys are recording cool. and the, the stuff you're gonna be recording in the future. Um, yeah. What uh, what where do you want to go next? What's 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 on your radar ah, for places in the world you'd question. like to record? <laughs> I'll well, let you go with that. Um, uh, in Canada, I'm uh, I produce music for a lot of indigenous artists in Quebec and well, not all the way west to Canada, mainly east and Quebec and Ontario side. Um, so um, what I wanted to do, and I told Greg, and Greg is all for it, uh, we want to go up north, um, north and north of Quebec. is uh, There's like this city called Kujwak, and there's a lot of um, the uh, the culture there is um, it's uh, Inuit. So the the women there, what they're going to do is a throat singing. So mm -hmm. you should check that out oh, on yeah. YouTube. So what they do is like they're one in front of a, like in front of one another. And then it's kind of like a game. Uh, so they're going to do this throat singing in front. And then the goal is to make the other one laugh. So that's how it started. <laughs> nice. And yeah. I'll see if I can make yeah. you guys laugh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there is we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. But um, it's like if you if you and me were uh, playing that uh, uh, that beer game, you know, like the, fir the first one that laughs. You got that game? Well, what is it? No? Was some some game with my beard? I have a, a niece who jumps up and yanks on it, and it hurts a lot. Is that the game? <laughs> <laughs> no, we call it uh, je, je te tiens par la barbichette. I'm not yeah. sure what's the translation of that. I don't think it exists in English. <laughs> no? no, it's like you hold the other one's beard, and then it's the first one who laughs. I don't know. Oh, good. Nice. <laughs> All right, we'll try that one. Oh, I don't know. You got to be serious. Not very musical for that one, but, yeah. you know. No, but so, uh, quite honestly, yeah, uh, when yeah. you bring up throat singing, that's pretty close to my heart because I've long been a big fan of Hun Hertu from Tuva and countries like mm -hmm. that and, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, the Plains countries. Um, so I don't know. I'm assuming it's sort of similar stuff or similar style. Well, it's similar. It's definitely similar because it's the same culture somehow. Uh, all the Mongolians, uh, they're actually all the, all the Native Americans from America. They're all they all come from uh, somehow the Mongolians yeah. that uh, crossed the the Bering Strait. Yeah, Bering Strait. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when it was frozen, 
And while the Inuits from up north Canada, they sort of kept that culture because intact because they were so recluse, reclused and they were so isolated mm -hmm. that they, they kept all those like very root-y or the root of the of the culture and the throat singing is part of that. Yeah, I mean, they made this uh, documentary where they show, they, they sent a couple Inuits to Mongolia and then they're... They make them jam with musicians there and they notice that it's almost the same culture or they got like the same background, like after like years and years ago. Oh, the connection it's, is uncanny. Yeah, it's crazy. It's obvious. And that's, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's absolutely fascinating. And that's, that's part of why we wanted to go up there. The other reason is to show that, you know, we're not just those two white guys going to Africa to record mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, poor little Africans, <laughs> not that, to be which too is cliche, definitely you know? not the case. But <laughs> we more we more importantly don't want to look like that. Mm. And we thought, well, why not go in our own backyards and trade the desert of sand for a desert of snow? Mm -hmm. Because in the end, it's all about recording artists that, A, don't have the chance to have a professional recording because they don't necessarily have the mean or they're they're too isolated and b the challenge of doing so in extreme conditions which also applies to northern canada in the middle of the winter sure yeah, because we still we still want to do it in january there you go you know that's the goal yeah. because it's going to be minus 45. the wow. idea is to go all the way in in the extreme you know you know less Let's test those microphones yeah, and preamps. Let's test those camera know. lenses. Oh, also, yeah. Also, hey, thank God we're tapeless now because I remember back <laughs> in the days with those, the, the, the little cassettes, they would stick to the, the, the playheads and the con uh, condensation would make them have draw frames and crap. And it wow. was the nightmare. Mm. You're today. reminding me of my ADAT days here in the studio. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. Bet, eh? Same principle. Jeez. Yeah, so we're lucky actually that we can do that today mm -hmm. with uh, you know a couple of thousand dollars of gear and and just a lot of motivation. Yeah. Now my only concern for you as a filmmaker, of course, is if you're going to go in January, that's the time when the sun never rises, right? Up if you go far up north. Yeah. Otherwise, you could get like daylight for twenty or four <laughs> hours if you go at the right time of year. You guys mm -hmm. need to go make a film in um, in Sweden. <laughs> Sweden in the midsummer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there we go. Oslo yeah. In the, in the, yeah. Oslo in the summertime. The sun almost never sets. Almost. Um, what are some other exotic places that you, um, I'm just going to keep pushing you. Think forward. What okay, are some places well, in the world where you're like, boy, it'd be wild to go try something put, and find out what's to um, push? You know, we, obviously, we thought about India. Yeah, because of the parallel also with the throat singing, we thought, well, Mongolia would be fun. Yeah. And one of the places I've always wanted to see was Nepal. And we've had some people uh, reach out to us from uh, the uh, far east of India also. And there's also Bhutan, which is a beautiful country with like very authentic mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, music that is has very rarely been recorded. And yeah. so all of this part of the East Indies could be really fun. Yeah, there's a guy from uh, South uh, South America also. that contacted us, and uh, I mean, from now on, it's just you know, it's it's more um, the places where we're going to get enough contacts with bands and with a big enough challenge also to do yeah. it. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I don't if know If it's yet. too urban already, then maybe it's not as enticing if, if you're like, well, they've already got studios there or something. Well, that, that's one yeah. thing. And the other thing is we don't want to go in a city in I don't know what country and then record just, you know, like rappers that sing in English the whole time. You know, it's uh, I'm not. I don't think it, well, that'd of, be the goal. Part of our, our, I guess, um, the cheminement. How do you say? Oh, the, a part of the the way we we <clears throat> thought of this project. There's also a, a whole archival aspect to it, mm -hmm. which is yeah, to true. record stuff that might actually not be recordable anymore because the knowledge of it is slowly dying because the, the you know, with internet and with the globalization, uh, youngsters, they are less and less enticed to, to uh, keep living like the tradition. Keep, yeah, keep those traditions yeah. alive. And uh, some of the well, chants like, that Simon recorded after I was gone in Senegal, uh, I'll, I'll let you go yeah, on. Like when, when I was in Senegal, there's uh, there was this woman that was about, I don't know, she, she must have been like 70, 75 or something. Um, so she does this uh, very traditional singing and uh, all the younger people they don't really do that kind of chance anymore just because, you know, they're more into, you know, pop and hip hop and stuff that really connects with them. Um, so uh, there's no more of that kind of music going on. Uh, so the one, the women that I recorded, um, she had uh, her own band, which is pretty much three women all singing together. And then um, what I notice is um, there's, nothing of that genre that has been ever recorded in a very good quality way. Um, there's a bunch of like cell phone recordings and ceremonies and stuff, but nothing with that you can actually listen to. And you're like, geez, man, that sounds freaking awesome. Um, so it's from what we've got. I think it's the only recording. Um, the only that professionally. We done, yeah, exactly. You know, recorded material that has, ever existed so yeah. it's it's important to have this yeah so i stayed in the yeah. studio with her for uh for two days with her and her bands just to record uh i think we got eight eight or nine songs together uh because she wanted to make an album uh so we've got a, a whole album of that genre very specific genre uh all recorded that sounds very very cool i think it's in the playlist that uh i've sent you it's called the domu uh Oh, what's her? Domu Diambur. Domu Diambur. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, well, so question for you. What advice do you have for the rock stars who maybe, you know, if anybody's out there doing anything somewhat similar to you or they're trying to record with somebody that they just met, what do, what would they need to know or what do we need to know about what sort of agreement you have with somebody where, you know, they're, mm -hmm. you're, you know, so, some people might go, oh, you're taking somebody's music and what are you yeah, doing with that's it? That's a very good like question. That. Yeah. Very good question. Uh, the agreement we've got uh, with bands is we don't, we don't sign any contracts or anything. Uh, what we do is um, like, we do it for fun, like mainly. Yeah. So we don't own the material we don't own we do anything it just as if they were paying us to do that so they are the sole owner of 
the end result. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm when I get back to Montreal, I'm going to mix it and then I'm, I'm just going to send it to them. Um, and you know, it's their, it's their property. We, we do it for fun and that is it. Um, what we do, uh, that we're, we're going to start to do with couple artists. Uh, we also propose them to, uh, you know, like put them on Spotify and Apple music and just have this digital distribution, um, because it costs money right to do right. it and they don't they don't have it so um like the agreement we have with them is um we're going to distribute it with a label we started and then we take a 10% to cover the cost that it's it's going to cost me and then everything else is sent to the artist That's and that great. is it That's yeah great. honestly i we don't want to make it complicated um, we don't own anything and we're, we're not songwriters. We, we want to, we want to help those people. And obviously we wouldn't be of any help if we would just keep those things. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So well, I guess the, 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 the gist of the deal is while well, we have the right to use them in our videos, because well, that's how yeah. we have fun with it. And the rest is up to you. You know, if they want to print CDs, it's it's all it's theirs. We, yeah, we don't. Yeah. We're not going to sell those CDs anyways. Yeah, like one of the songs uh, that we uh, not produced with a uh, no. with a hip hop artist. Uh, what's his name? Fams. Uh, like we did the whole recording with him with a uh, beat maker in uh, Ziegenshaw. Um, I mixed it at home and then did a mastering, sent it back, and then they just distribute it on YouTube by themselves, and that's it. That's great. They so, just say yeah. they just say thanks, Simon and Greg, and you know, that's it. You that's know, it's it. it's just like if that they had hired us, but they, you know, we did it for free. Yeah. Well, the the fun thing about having that approach to it is that it it just makes it so much easier as a field recorder to just simply go out there, meet people, start yeah. relationships, off, just record them and and give, and not no, have and, to worry about any yeah, other friends around it. You, you know, know like, no one except for one time in Morocco, no one ever looked at us like we were going to screw them over or yeah, something. Because we always I mean, say that. They eh? know that. One time in Morocco. Yeah, that one time in Morocco. <laughs> um, but really, I mean, the bands, they first of all, they understand that we're here to help them, that uh, they wouldn't have this opportunity otherwise. And that, well, I mean, what are, what are we going to screw them over with? You know, I mean, they, they, they are also, um, they know that they're not superstars and that it's, it's not going to sell thousands and thousands and thousands of copies. Yeah. Um, well, especially Spotify, in this day it's and not age. A lot of money, I mean. But yeah, I mean, so no, nobody ever sort of looked at us with the, the, bla- the, the dirty eye going like, yeah. Hey, so what's the deal here? What's the catch? No, they, they know that we're just here to help them and have to, a good time. And, and that's it. Well, know? that's how it should be in a studio. Yeah. You know? And then they're, they're super just happy to time. receive. Yeah. And they're super happy to receive the masters. They're super happy to see themselves on the videos and even the videos, we don't even monetize them. Yeah. So, I mean, really there's, there's very little ways we, you know, mm-hmm. we could screw someone over. Right, right, right. Even, <laughs> and, you know, like, even with the uh, the artists, what we do is uh, I, I give them, like, the full mixing experience as, you know, I, I yeah. send them a mix. If they need corrections, well, I'm I'm going to do them. And you, until they're very happy with what they want to listen to. So Well, so it's, we want to see you guys yeah. do this over and over and over again for a long time. So... 
hopefully yeah, me too. this way you guys figure out, you know, the right model that allows you to just keep moving forward. And exactly. It's all very exciting. So um, this is going to be listened to by um, some of our listeners who are listening to this right on YouTube. And of course, they have the opportunity to uh, subscribe and hit the notification bell and like this video and all that, but also leave a comment below. So do you have any questions? You know, I, I would say Rockstar's Drop a comment in below and, and tell these guys where they should go record next. Yes, that's sure, a really sure. good one. Have, if they got connections yeah. with the bands or anything they want to show us or uh, that something that we should know or discover, you know, like very specific genre of music. Um, if there's a music revolution in the hip hop world in Tanzania, Tanzania, <laughs> let's say, you know, no, I don't know, really, I don't you know. know. something can we don't know about. It can be anything, you know, we're just interesting in, in interested in new stuff in, 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 um, in stuff that is unusual, um, anything that is traditional and that is dying, uh, that is in, in, in any, any tradition that is in tatters because mm -hmm. you know the, the, there's no um, there's no one to take over these whatever chance musical genres uh, musical yeah uh, rhythms, yeah because there's there's anything. a lot of knowledge behind all those yeah. chants usually they you know they're gonna sing about stories that happen in a village like some very important moments uh, that if it's not if it's not recorded or if it's not passed from mouth to mouth it's languages that are dying yeah you know uh i mean just in france there are so many little dialects that ended up just dying because people wanted to speak the proper french mm -hmm. and this is you know not so long ago yeah uh i mean the same is happening in africa right now and in probably many other places mm -hmm. and i mean if there's any way we can pre preserve that uh, that that's awesome. Yeah, well, I know. mean the same thing is happening in Canada with yeah, indigenous, indigenous yes. where most people don't they don't they don't know how to speak um, the language. They're going to speak French or English, but it's the same thing that happened. So, well, you know also, what's really encouraging yeah. is I hear you guys talk about this too. Is um, no matter when when we are, there's always mm -hmm. going to be um, some aspect of a. a an older culture that's just sort of at the um, risk of disappearing as as right. the world evolves forward. And there's also the, going to be the question of somebody going, well, you know, somebody must have recorded that already. But I think that yeah. you're always going to be at a new technology. Like you guys are at this sweet spot right now for the portable right. recording studio and YouTube and, and video creation. And so like you're you're perfectly positioned to capture the story that needs to be saved right now. And 20 years from now, when a rock star is listening to this podcast, there's going to be a new version <laughs> of that. And so it's really encouraging to know that like, yeah. for all of us out there, there's always an opportunity to, to keep the story alive, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Especially like the stories of uh, the people we meet. That's the most yeah. important thing. I mean, it's like at the end of the, the series, we wrote uh, that we made it in, in the name of music and friendship. Because it's both equally as important to us mm -hmm. when we we go to those places is not only just a musical side of it, but also the human side of it, oh, which may. is meeting amazing peoples and connecting with like friends. They all become our friends. I mean, it, my Facebook doubled. Yeah, our Facebook <laughs> is crazy now because we got so many friends. 
and and they're all they're all interesting people with yeah. amazing stories and and they're all great musicians and you know we only wish we could spend you know a month with each band but that's not the reality of it because mm -hmm. obviously we have to come back and and earn money yeah to hopefully go back the year after yeah because yeah. like that, one of the important thing is um like especially in morocco well even mostly in senegal also is when we tell a band that we're going to record them and produce their ep or album uh we need a place to stay yeah and usually like everything is super cool we got a room with a bed uh free of charge and then they feed us they give give us food buy us coffee like they make some pretty good food over covered. there too don't they, they yeah. oh, oh it's crazy oh man oh we ate oh, so yeah. well everywhere we went we ate so well like yeah. better than uh, oh, restaurants man. that we went after and yeah. we were like oh god i wish i was still at that guy's place or yeah because usually it's yeah. their family cooking food so it's you know they know the recipe pretty yeah. well so yeah and they're very aware that you know we're there to help them so obviously they want us to be as comfortable as possible and it's oh, yeah, always well appreciated and, and it's, yeah it's crazy i'm so always cool. amazed at how you know conscious they are about this and it's it's very heartwarming mm -hmm. anytime we arrive at a place to see how welcomed we are and it's also part of this whole um human experience mm -hmm. Um, do you have any encouragement for the rock stars about them maybe capturing the story that's around them? Do, yes, do don't they, forget to take your vitamin C, kids. It's very important. <laughs> do you? Yes. Do, they, do people? Need, you know? Do the rock stars listening to this need to think? Oh, you mean I have to travel across the world to go capture somebody in a faraway land, or is there? Oh is no, there, it can no. be your neighbor. Oh no. You know, like it, it, recording music. It's uh, you know, that's how it is. It's uh, it's people from your own. You know, like your own town. There's, there's talent got everywhere. And I mean, if you were in Liverpool in 1962, three, well, maybe you crossed the Beatles and they weren't known. You know, maybe there were ten other bands that we haven't even heard about go. that were exactly. should have been recorded. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly, and that they weren't because there was just no one to record there, and that recording a, a record at that point mm -hmm. costed a bunch load of money. I mean, we're like you said at a day and age where it's a sweet spot for technologically have the best quality of recording at a very fair price. Mm -hmm. I mean, we only have two ears. Um, Sure, there's Dolby Atmos and there's now there's Ambio sound and everything. But in the end, if you're you're putting a headphone set on your ears, you still have two channels and only two channels. And I mean, that's really all you need is a good stereo mix. And we have all the gear that we need for, you know, less than I mean, you can you can literally go buy an M audio sound card for a hundred bucks. Uh, you, can, and, you can get a setup to record for under a grand. Yeah. And you know, do amazing just, records. You know, if you're creative and do some amazing work, I mean, seriously. Okay. Two more questions for you about, um, you know, remote recording. Um, one is, yeah. what do we need to know about power? You guys did some pretty remarkable things to power oh, up yeah. the studio in Senegal, <laughs> but here you are traveling oh, yeah. with laptops, um, 
you know, 500 series you know, <laughs> chassis and yeah. stuff like that. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, well, the, the power was a big, uh, one of the big challenge in sitting out because uh, most of the houses, they don't have a ground, like nothing is grounded. Uh, so everything, when you touch your laptop or especially the 500 series, you would take. If there's a power leak, you'll take oh, a man. shock. Jeez. You get shocked. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Oh, oh yeah, man. Yeah. And, and since it goes through the ground, well, then it's in the chassis. So you touch the chassis of the 500 series rack and, and it, well, you're the ground now. <laughs> right. right. Especially me with So it goes feet. through you. Exactly. 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 We do, sometimes we'd actually go put our shoes on, even though it was really hot, because at least it was kind of isolating yeah. us I in mean, a I physical had, way. I had flip-flops and yeah. it was not enough. <laughs> so, that's so awesome. yeah, that's a big uh, problem. Yeah. And obviously the, power is not exactly regulated yeah that's the other thing so you'll get kind of if in africa you'll get 220 ish yeah. so sometimes it's 210 sometimes and that's it's a lot of voltage too that's not yeah, voltage yeah, you want to be touching yeah. and i I, no. I would suggest it's a little too heavy to travel with the variac on these trips oh, <laughs> oh man not exactly I wish a possibility <laughs> Not exactly. Yeah, because the uh, the other thing is that's why we put the uh, the ground in the uh, the recording studio, um, the one we built. Yeah, that's a funny story because we 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 actually had a talk with the electrician before he went and do, did his magic and and wired the whole place up, and we were like, we need a ground. And also part of the losing the translation part was like he was saying something in in, in Giola in the local language and then someone was translating us and he was like yeah but it's very expensive and we're like yeah what's very expensive and he was like and he was giving us the number in 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 francs CFA in the local currency and we're sort of trying to figure out how much is it that in dollars and it was like 40 bucks and we were like yeah do it yeah. now do it now <laughs> no please okay. do it it's important and he was like no it's not important it's like no it it's important to us. I know it's you don't need it to have your fridge working or something, but <laughs> we need it as a studio. And he was like, "Well, if you can, if you can pay for it, sure, why not?" Yeah, because the other thing is uh, because because of the ground, like the audio that we that we recorded on some songs, there's this very slight distortion happening. Um, when I compare it to like yeah. what we did in Morocco, which is day and night mm, mm. there's Completely. actually a form of voltage regulation in the power brick of the apollo of any sound card but then not in the 500 series rack no um so basically what happened is that since the preamps in the 500 series racks were were underpowered well then they didn't have all this head head um this head headroom, room, yeah. and um I don't uh, the 500 series standard is 16 mm -hmm. volts which is already not a lot. So if you underpower them just a tiny bit, mm -hmm. well they're they're going to get to distortion pretty fast. Yeah. So having the the Apollo was a really great thing oh, for us heaven. because it was really solving all of that problem of even though we would have some variation in in, in voltage at yeah. least it wouldn't hinder the dynamic range or the headroom. Yeah, because I had a hard time to mix it after. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, you know, you got like this very non, not fun distortion happening and you try to get rid of it or trying to hide it. 
you know, um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's not super pleasant. But. Well, you know, one day we're all just going to be looking back on this and people are going to be talking about wanting to get back to that vintage Simon and Greg Senegalese <laughs> sound. <laughs> and you're going to have to develop a plugin to make, to just get that right amount of distortion, right? <laughs> make that not enough Maybe. power plugin. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And then last question about the, the remote recording. What are the dumb little things that will ruin a session that, Rock stars need to think about before they ever go do a field recording like that. A chicken. Oh, a chicken, chicken will a ruin chicken. a lot of recordings. <laughs> a chicken, a donkey. Um, um, all the it's honestly like the only thing that um, that would ruin a recording session that we had was a uh, what was happening um, around the recording studio. Yeah, people or not aware the, uh, that we're the recording, recording area. Yeah, uh, people. Okay, that that actually happened in Morocco. Uh, we finished like this this band, which actually never were recorded ever. Um, which one? The type of music. See, uh, she oh yeah, 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 the older guys. And yeah, yeah, and yeah. there was this this traditional um, chance uh, chance band that they 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 recorded and like Simon said before, it's one of those um, genre or or typical traditional songs that only exist in cell phone recordings on YouTube, like at a wedding or something like that. Yeah, they sing, and, uh, it's a uh, Rasma, Rasma, Rasma music. music. It's, yeah. So there's basically no known professional recordings of them. And at the end of the recording, uh, at the end of the song, obviously there's one guy who literally just starts clapping. But he was so happy. He was so you know? happy about the performance. And we're like, no, 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 no. So I guess that's part of the problem is that people forget that we're recording because we're it, it, we're not in a recording studio. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and and obviously they want to see, they want to be part of the recording, they want to yeah. be part of the experience. And we, you know, we, we can't really say no. Sometimes we say like, okay, no, there, there's a kid. Obviously, the kid is going to be a problem. You know, a four-year-old is screaming. Is, is yeah, yeah. And it's not. It's, that's not going to be possible. Yeah. But obviously, if there's you know friends of friends, uh, they come and then they move, and you're trying to explain them uh, in 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 your your best. Uh, most diplomatic way possible that the microphones are very sensitive and that they're going to pick up all the sounds. And mm. even if you move just a tiny bit, it's going to be part of the recording, but they always, you know, they don't realize how sensitive these microphones are yeah. and how, you know, little th it takes to, you know, get into the microphones and into the recording and to basically screw up mm. <laughs> a whole lot of effort. So yeah, that's that's part of that's part of the challenge. Well, one of the one of the other challenges um, to record people that are not used to to um, to record on in front of a mic or just to be in front of a mic. You know, it's they, they get very nervous. Um, so when they're very nervous, you get this very shitty performance. So um, and add the, to that that I'm there with the camera. Yes. Also, and you got you, know, yeah. you got them filming, and then yeah. there's this big microphone in front of them, and they get very nervous. So they don't have like this very natural performance happening. Um, so it's yeah, it's one of the big challenge that that we have. How sometimes. do you help them get relaxed? Uh, man, give Jokes. them a beer. No, it's no, I'm it's joking. Stupid, I'm but joking. 
but jokes, you know, making yeah, we laugh a lot. We laugh a lot. Yes, uh, making them feel easy on a human level, being comfortable with us. Yeah. Then they kind of forget about the gear. Just think, and if I was there with you guys, we could have do done the, the beard pulling with us. thing over and over again. Yeah. There we go. There we go. And then <laughs> we would laugh nonstop. Yeah. But the, the, the thing with that game is the one laughing, you got to slap in the face. Uh-oh. That's well, the game. That's the one who loses. Yeah, that's the game. The one who loses. But, gets that'd be yeah, but, but yeah, usually it's um, like we, we try to speak a little bit of their, you know, like their language. They feel, you know, they're... You know, they, they feel a little bit better. They don't feel... Yeah, making silly faces, making yeah. silly jokes. Uh, it's all about making them feel comfortable and get the best out of the performance. Yeah, I mean, I do the same thing in, in my studio when I produce a band. It's, uh, you know, it's it's all about the vibe, making feel them, like, very comfortable. Same thing with a singer. Um, you know, there's many ways to do it, but it depends. Everybody's depends on the people. different, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and especially when language is a barrier. Yeah. You know, those Rasma guy, um, yeah. first of all, they're all pretty old. So there's the generational boundary. And then uh, the, the, they, none of them spoke English or French. No. They were all Arabic. So yeah, yeah that's how do, how do you make them laugh and make them feel comfortable? Well, it's just being silly and making faces and oh, yeah. make being tea. a clown. Make tea. Make tea. That's a big one. Right on. I know. <laughs> Pretend to trip on something and then everybody's suddenly all light and 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 laughing. That's oh. great. That's great. Well, guys, I guess we've been going a good long while, so it's time for us to wrap up. Yeah. Um, before we go, I want to ask you uh, this hypothetical question. We'll take the, the way back studio machine and you go find um, young... Simon and Greg, or not that young, I guess it was only a couple of years ago, maybe, when you were <laughs> at the beginning of this idea of going and recording the world. You've done it two times now, you've done two trips. If you could go back and give yourselves one bit of advice and say, here's the single most important thing you guys need to know to, to remember to be a rock star of the studio uh, all around the world one day, what, what advice would you go back and give yourselves? Oh, man. Um, don't, don't overdo it. Yeah, don't. Just. Go with the flow. Just chill. Chill, buddy. Yeah. Chill, buddy. I mean, we, we're, we're doing that for, for fun, you know. You got to remember that it's, it's a selfless act in the sense that we are giving our time and we are giving the masters and they have full ownership of these masters. Uh, but the real reason why we do it is because it's fun. So it's kind of selfish also. <laughs> It's yeah. not completely a selfish act, a selfless act. It's also a little selfish because we're having fun doing that. We want to do it for us. We want to we want to be part of of their their dinner, uh, all eating around the same mm -hmm. uh, plate of food and and laughing together and having that that moment. And they're giving us that opportunity. So there there really is a, a give give situation here, and uh, uh, it's it's beneficial for both of our parties yeah you know, for us. like as in terms yeah. of advice it's you know it's like look beyond it's you know it doesn't have to be just in your own little bubble in your city or always with the same people it's you know go behind and know. have no expectation just live the moment and have fun oh yeah and be ready to fail yeah and, be ready to fail because i mean yeah, I, uh, and get shocked 
chalked <laughs> by 500 series racked and go right on the back of a motorcycle and get yeah. beer from the neighboring town for your session. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Oh, you know, that's what I oh, would uh, uh, tell yeah. myself. Don't bring that 500 series rack. Stay do light. Yeah. Stay light. Because we're still learning from these trips, yeah. you know, what to I bring mean, and not what to bring. bring, what not to bring. Yeah. This whole uh, UA situation has upgraded our life quality quite a bit. Well, uh, because, yeah. You know, it's funny because on this podcast, I've asked um, on for many episodes, I've asked people to talk about like um, if they were going to start over in some other town to, you know, what simple recording setup would they bring? And we got it right there. <laughs> it got the, the one thing that got more mentions by more people than anything else was the UA Apollo. And here yeah. you guys are traveling the world with the UA Apollo and recording people all over and getting it to work. And now, yeah. of course, you've moved up to the UAD, UAD XAP, which I don't know that if that existed um, three years ago or not, but. No, I think no, it's it just from this out. year, eh? Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, like a year and a half. It came out, yeah, about a year ago. Yeah. So and, super and cool. it's important to mention also that uh, Focal this year has given us the clear oh, yeah. pros, which are basically um, sort of a spin-off of their audiophile headphones, open back audiophile headphones, but tuned very, very, very flat. Yeah, you, can, you should show them. And I mean, like the people on the podcast yeah, won't see obviously it. Obviously, they won't see it, but Here's so, what it looks like. And, and so that helps you really know what you're recording while you're out there. Not only that, but it also helps you um, to have a, uh, to, to be able to mix. It's basically like having a set of speakers in on your ears. Oh, that's so great. It, it's an amazing, yeah, amazing they're, they're reference. Yeah, super cool. Super cool. I might need like to take open, those down to Bonnaroo. <laughs> you should, you should. Well, especially like in Bonnaroo, you got your own little... Um, Control room. Yeah, but I'm in head. I do all the mixing in headphones in real time. While oh, the band's okay. Playing. Well, well, you know what? Well, like that, that'd be perfect because you, there's still um, open back, so there's a lot of sound coming out of the uh, the headphones. Uh, so for tracking something very quiet, sometimes like with a click, that's not the best. No, but uh, for mixing, but for mixing, man. and for just listening to make sure that what you recorded is is right, is correct. Yeah, uh, that's that's amazing and. Since they're open back, we actually at low volume could mix yeah. with both our headphones on and talk to each other. Yeah. And it was just like being in a control room, except there's no treating, there's no to do at the room, there's no speakers to bring with us. It's really the best of both worlds. Yeah. Even in a crappy hotel room. Super cool. And you could really kind of get a yeah. sense of the bass and the low end as well. Absolutely. Oh, Especially yeah, yeah. the totally. low end. It's very it well balanced. Oh, They're yeah. amazing headphones. I've I've never oh, we listened away. to something like that. Okay, what are those so, called again? The Clear Pro? Yeah, Focal Clear Pro. So yeah. basically between the Universal Audio Apollo, the Focal Clear Pros, and uh, Loughton microphones, I mean, really, like right now we're speaking in, uh, in the LS208, which are the brand new Loughton Audio microphones. Uh, that we brought in Morocco with us <laughs> that we found to be extremely useful. Uh, Those are condensers kind of, or dynamics? They're, they're condensers, but they kind they of... reject a lot yeah, they reject of the sound. a lot, and they can take a lot of SBL. Like, yeah. You can put that on a snare drum that no problem. 
Nice. Very cool. Well, guys, thanks yeah. so much for being on Recording Studio Rockstars with us. It's been a well, long thanks episode. Thanks for having us. Just so much fun. I mean, you guys are a blast, <laughs> and it's, it's cool having both of you on the podcast together. And then, of course, your story and your videos, Rockstars, please remember to go check out these incredible documentaries on YouTube um, of these, their travels in Senegal. And I guess in a while, we'll have some videos up from Morocco. Maybe not by the time. Hopefully this, yeah. this summer. Yeah, this yeah. summer. I hope, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wish they, because, you know, like I said, during the break, uh, we, it took a long time to get the deal with the mm -hmm. distribution with Fab and, and, and Pure Mix. Uh, but once this machine started, uh, they, they were extremely helpful and really helped us uh, get out there and, and be seen and be heard. Yeah, That's and great. then we're going to start releasing uh, the music yeah. that we've been producing. Exactly. Saying, uh, in spring, springtime. Yeah, pretty much. So Super hopefully cool. in the summer, yeah. we're going to have season two ready. And uh, hopefully if everything goes according to plan uh, at that time of the year, next year, we're going to be uh, knee deep in snow. Yeah. And, uh, and freezing. On, and on Netflix. <laughs> and on, <laughs> I don't know yet. Um, hopefully. Cool. Well, guys, uh, where should the rock stars go to learn more about you guys? Follow you. Um, are they going to be, you know, where, where do they pick up on your Instagram live stream when you're touring the world and all the good stuff? Well, Pretty they simple. can go check the uh, the website, simonandgreg.com. Simonandgreg.com. And the then, Instagram uh, is simonandgregrecordtheworld. Simon and, and Instagram, simonandgregrecordtheworld. Exactly. Yeah, that's the one. We got our own website. Mine is simonwalls.com. And yours yeah, is Greg Greg Boney. Boney Like we're we're keeping it simple. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Or dot coms now. There you go. <laughs> well, it's such a Simon and Greg record the world is one of the greatest names I've heard. So that's great. <laughs> Thank you. I'm thrilled to know you guys. And thanks so much for being on the podcast with us. I look forward to seeing season two and just hearing more of your music. Thank Excellent. you so thanks much for having us. And it was great. Yeah, uh, and uh, good job on your show. I'll listen to it all the time. Freaking awesome. Oh, thanks for I learned a lot of stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, and one last closing thought. Rockstars, remember to drop a comment into the YouTube video here below and give us a shout out. Let these guys know where in the world they should go next. Oh, and, yes. Uh, actually, we are pretty keen on uh, keeping up with those comments. I usually read them all in Simon too. Oh, yes. So if and anyone has any type of question for, uh, on on your your channel, we're gladly we will, uh, answer, we will answer for sure. Oh, yeah. Groovy. And if you're listening on the podcast app, just click over to YouTube and look for Recording Studio Rockstars and you'll find it right there. Thanks, guys. I can't wait to meet you in person to see you around the studio. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening to Recording Studio Rockstars. If you enjoyed the show and want to help make it better, then please share this episode with your friends on social media and leave a rating and review on iTunes to help the podcast reach more rock stars like yourself. You can click directly over to iTunes or go to rsrockstars.com slash review for an easy explanation. Also, remember to hit the subscribe button to keep up with these weekly episodes. And if you're ready to make your best record ever, then head over to Recording Studio Rockstars Academy, where you can start with my free mixing course at mixmasterbundle.com. Look for the link in the show notes. And if you want more free content from Recording Studio Rockstars, all you have to do is go to rsrockstars.com slash email. Again, that's rsrockstars.com slash email to enter your name and email, and I'll keep you in the loop with articles, videos, podcast updates, and even free gear giveaways for your studio, all totally free. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a rock star. I'm Lid Shaw, and this is Recording Studio Rockstars. Now, go make great music.